Other wrestling podcasts are full of fake wannabes. And that's the bottom line, because the Jabroni said suck it at Suplex City, bitch. We provide you with the true fan experience. You just made the list! TMA Studios. It's what you want. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time. Prepare yourself for the greatest wrestling podcast on the World Wide Web today. This is the Snowball Wrestling Network. Introducing your host of SWN. Give it up for the one, the only, Caleb Stovall! What's up everyone, it's me, Caleb Stovall, and I am back here on the Stovall Wrestling Network. I know it's been a while, it has been a while, and we'll get into that uh, a little bit later on, but thank you so much for joining uh, me on this special episode of the Stovall Wrestling Network. We're not going to really call it a comeback. Don't call it a comeback. I've been here for years. No, I'm just joking. But uh, <laughs> I'm just joking. Um, no, but uh, seriously, don't call it uh, a comeback episode or anything like that. Because um, that's not kind of what this is. This is more just, you know, just a little bit of entertainment here for the Stovall Wrestling Network. I see that we keep getting likes. I see that we keep getting a lot of questions, you know, and stuff like that. So, you know, we're just going to test a few things, and, and you're going to be kind of uh, on on the journey with us a little bit here. But uh, just wanted to kind of just uh, give you a little bit of entertainment and uh, and everything and like that. And uh, speaking of uh, trying to provide entertainment, he is the one. He is the only. <laughs> no, don't stop Chris. now. Finish the intro. He is the one and only Chris motherfucking dick. <laughs> What's up, SWN Fan Nation, Stovall Wrestling Network, live and in full effect. And yes, like he said, don't call it a comeback. It isn't a full-blown comeback just yet. We are testing some things, but with the way things are going right now, mm. you guys need entertainment, and we're here to provide it, even if that means yeah, at well, my expense. Well, of course, that... Even if that means we gotta fucking do this the way we used to do it! Jesus, he already is showing up? Just for one time only. <laughs> oh my for old God. time's sake. But no, we're we're back on the air. It has been a little bit. It's been since, what, October of last year? Yeah, literally. Uh, when uh, the, the SWN uh, aired its last episode. And, you know, a lot of things happened. And yeah, just a lot of things were going on in both our lives yeah. and stuff like that. So we weren't able to get together and do this, and we weren't able to fully commit the way I wanted to. And we're still not at that point uh, exactly and everything. We're like close. That. But, but I still wanted to, you know, provide some entertainment, provide some perspective uh, in the world of pro wrestling, and definitely provide some entertainment during this time. It is... Uh, uh, you know, I, I'll just go ahead and say it. I've, I've, I'll, I've never seen uh, anything like this. Uh, it, it is, it is a weird, weird time. It's weird being out. It's weird, you know. Just, uh, it, it's weird. <laughs> That's all I can say. This, this whole coronavirus uh, thing has got everyone shook up. 
Um, you know, because you don't know what to believe and everything like that. And the one thing I all the one thing I'll say this, uh, you know, pro wrestling, whether you like WWE, AEW, or anything, um, you know, the thing about pro wrestling is, is it always has been uh, provided that distraction from anything. Uh, yeah, you know, it's 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 just that one constant. And so that's just what I wanted to talk about was, uh, you know, my favorite thing. And you know what, Chris? Let's let, let's get into it. And I just say that because we got to hear him. Let's yeah. talk about pro. Yeah. There it is. Yeah. Love it. Every while. single time. That was still Yeah. I don't, have, I don't have to experiment with that. No, that's that's the norm. <laughs> Everything. But yeah, let's talk about what's going on. And, and you know, uh, it, 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 it's interesting because we're talking about it's a weird time. Well, it's a weird fucking time in pro wrestling uh everything is shut down yeah and um the show must go on for some i guess and for wwe i guess the show just never stops for anything <laughs> so they have been doing um some 1998 style matches the empty arena match <laughs> <laughs> they took halftime heats match and, and just made full-blown like episodes of raw and smackdown with it uh- <laughs> They also did, like, several TNA matches. And no, that's not a knock on TNA matches. Those matches actually happened. I'm talking about Kurt Angle and Sting and the Motor City Machine Guns yeah. and the Young Bucks, <laughs> of all people. <laughs> or or as certain individuals say, well, they, they kind of copied the uh, delete uh, <laughs> matches as well. Yeah, that too. I mean, good God almighty. But seriously, like, it's... It's, and I never thought these wrestling promotions would be competing to see who did the best empty arena <laughs> show. <laughs> but that's exactly that's exactly what, the what they happened. did. It started with SmackDown, and it was up in the air because when this whole COVID nineteen coronavirus, whatever you want to call it, uh, it kicked up into high gear, and all these implementations from the federal government and from uh, state governments came down. A lot of shows were canceled. Local Mm -hmm. shows were canceled. National shows were canceled. A lot of states and cities were put on lockdown and had restrictions on them. Several metal Um, shows that I had planned to go to are canceled. canceled. So WWE decided, we have a building in Florida. Why don't we utilize it? And they put on the first time ever empty arena smackdown. And... It kind of makes me wonder why they don't utilize it more for their TV shows. They should. I mean, they got their own damn arena. Why not? You, uh, you could charge people to, to come in. They have to use Full Sail's arena for NXT. They could just use the, the, the yeah. performance center for NXT. They started doing that because um, they had a Full Sail recently. But here's the thing. I don't know if anybody, if you watched it, it was kind of a culture shock. You see like Daniel Bryan coming out doing the yes thing and... There's nobody around. <laughs> People uh, pandering to a crowd that's not there. Yeah. Um, and, and Which, I, you know, we're talking about the coronavirus and stuff like that, and I get that it's an empty arena and stuff, and, and I mean, good call for at least making that. But, hey, let's ask them to do uh, the one thing that they tell us not to do in social distancing. And, like, and like let's have them act. Let's, like, let's actually touch each other and possibly cut each other open in this time. Yeah. And have the worst possible injuries on, even though it's an empty arena. Like, 
Like, like anybody see the irony in that? Yeah, like, there's like, a lot like, of irony like, in like, that. Like, like the reason why Vince McMahon comes under so much flack. <laughs> the, the the best part of that show was Triple H, though. Uh, even he was uh, doing everything. He was doing everything. He even grabbed the camera. Michael Cole's like, "What are you doing?" He said, "We're short staffed." Hell, I'm the only guy who works harder after being demoted. <laughs> 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 Which he was demoted. It's, it's surprisingly, but that's it. Ever here or far between. Um, then they had the Raw, with Stone on Steve Austin Day, yeah. three sixteen, and Austin comes out to empty arena people. Yeah, and he I said, know. "Give it's me a hell yeah." Time Austin's never received. It was a funny. Pop. He, he, he said, "Give me a hell yeah." I think it was Byron Saxton. He's like, "Hell yeah!" He's like, "What?" <laughs> like, "Hell yeah!" Well, was, you know, it's, it's it's actually good because now it's a finally a promo where no one's. Chanting what? What? Yeah. Goddamn time. But this past week, SmackDown, the the only saving grace from that, uh, the promo with Bailey and Sasha Banks with Paige live via Skype. Because Paige is amazing. Is she didn't want to come down to the arena and she refused. Well, she can't. Well, she can't. No, but you know. She's in England. Yeah. Well, she refused. Period. She had an opportunity to come back down there. She refused the first time for the first. I don't Smackdown. blame her. Yeah, I don't blame her either. But. That promo was, eh, could have been better. But what saved it was well, the Miz can't, and John. Can't everything be better in WWE right I now? I agree, but the Miz and John Morrison saved it for me. <laughs> they they did that. They did the dirt sheet, and um, Miz because he's like. Which okay, let, let let's stop right there for a minute. So you know, John Morrison uh, was he not like one of the biggest guys on the independents yeah. at one point. He was the TNA, uh, Im- well, okay, Impact Wrestling World Champion. Is Johnny Impact like that? He was the one of the number one stars on Lucha Underground. Johnny Menudo, shit like that. He was making like so much headways, and then he goes back to WWE. What the fuck is he doing? <laughs> it's like none of that ever happened. Here's the thing: he's enjoying what he's doing right now. That's what matters, and you could see it in this promo that they did. Because it was funny, and I, I know you didn't get the chance to see it, uh, but anybody who watched it, you know, it's, I'm pretty sure it's on uh, online right now on YouTube and and somewhere in uh, you know the cyberspace area. But they're sitting in the middle of the ring and they're getting ready to do a little talk show called the Dirt Sheet. And the Miz is like, you know what's missing, John? He goes, uh, besides uh, thousands of fans chanting Miz and Morrison, ooh ha ha, ooh ha ha. <laughs> <laughs> it just was great. And then they cut to them dressed up as the New Day. <laughs> They're talking about who should be the number one contender for the tag team championship for WrestleMania. They don't have an opponent. So you see the Miz dressed up like uh, Kofi Kingston. And then John Morrison is wearing a freaking unicorn outfit. <laughs> I guess he's being Big E. And he's over there <laughs> dancing and shaking his ass and everything. And then it cuts again. They're both dressed up like the Usos. Oh god! <laughs> they're they're doing the rap and everything, and then the camera cuts again. This time they're supposed to be heavy machinery, but they're wearing bacon costumes. <laughs> and then it cuts back to the new day. It's like that ham is talking trash. Oh my <laughs> god! We're not ham. We're bacon. That's hilarious. <laughs> then it cuts That's back to him as the Usos going. That bacon needs to shut up before we beat it down in the Uso penitentiary. <laughs> but it was just great. And then it cuts back to him in the ring afterward. And they're like, 
Well, after all those handsomely devilish-looking uh, members of the WWE universe, <laughs> yes, and it was it, we're taking the night off, and then they go into a match with Heavy Machinery, which yeah, gets interrupted by Dolph Ziggler. But yeah, that yeah, was the highlight. But that's pretty much what WWE is doing right now, and then we get the announcement about WrestleMania. Okay, so yeah, this was a big controversy, and it still is. And um, I don't get what they're thinking. No. The city of Tampa was waiting for WWE to make a decision on their own. Otherwise, they were going to shut them down anyway. Well, WWE made that decision, and they're like, we're going to hold it at the Performance Center. And it came out that they were doing this hoping that it would be shut down again. Uh, so they would get the insurance money and then move it to Madison Square Garden in June, which would have been fine. But apparently that didn't happen, and now why instead of... They, why wouldn't they just be able to do it in June at... Um, in Tampa? Because it, the Tampa Bay like already said that like, we want you to come back We want you to be here, but yeah. It, it, Vince is money hungry. They've got storylines in place, yada, 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 blah, blah, blah. That's just how it goes. You got all these advertisers and all these people who are going to pay you a lot of money to air it on on TV, whatever. Um, to, what whatever they want to do, they can do. No matter to me. But now it's going to be over a two day period. It's going to be at the performance yeah, I center. Yeah, all that. Which and, I don't understand that. I'm like, and what? What's even crazier is they're currently right now filming SmackDown, Raw, and WrestleMania. Pre-taped. Yeah, I don't know what they're doing right now. I don't know what they're thinking. I don't know why they're rushing to fix everything right now because clearly everyone is going through it. So Yeah, the whole world is dealing with this. And I understand providing entertainment for the masses, you know, so our minds okay, are kind of cleared. But that might be in the mindsets of some people there. But, but it is not in the mindset of Vince McMahon. No. Vince McMahon wants money. Vince McMahon but has people not he making, wants to answer but to. But you're not going to make any money right now. I'm no. sorry, Vinny Mac, but it's just not going to happen. No. So you might as not well Not unless just... you're selling toilet paper okay. or hand sanitizer. Well, WWE branded hand sanitizer coming to you next <laughs> week at a Walmart. Yeah, right. But, you know, you're, just, you're not going to do it at this time. I'm sorry, but, you know, no one is. Like... No. It's just not, it, like, that's just what is going on. No one has seen anything like this. So we're all trying to figure out how to deal with this. So I, you know, I get providing entertainment, but this is just, but, you know, talk about a reactionary, you know, thing. Like, we talk about how a lot of times their booking is so reactionary that it's like, this is just over reaction, you know? Yeah, this is just, this is them just trying to be like, okay, we're still going to keep doing what we're doing. And there's a lot of uh, the talent who are not happy with it. I wouldn't be either because, okay, think about it. You're Drew McIntyre. You've been waiting for this WrestleMania moment for your whole fucking career. You've been waiting for it. You busted your ass on the independence. You had a, you know whatever run the first time in WWE. You had an amazing run on the Independence, and, rather, and then you come back and you finally get to that level 
and now it's like there's not going to be anybody there to enjoy it. And what's even worse is it's not even a guarantee Brock Lesnar can be there because of the borders closing. Because Brock Lesnar technically lives in Canada. Yes, he does. So there's a good chance that unless, because it's for non-essential travel only, there's a good chance they may not let him come back to the United States because of this COVID-19 outbreak. several UK people that can't make it there. Exactly. So it's just bad timing. It's just push everything. it off. Don't do it. Don't do it. You can like Tampa Bay already released a statement saying that they were like, we want them to postpone WrestleMania, but when it is available to come back, we will let them come back. And, and this is like, gonna burn a bridge. It really is. If it doesn't burn a lot of bridges, because it really, oh, it, it 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 it's. Here's my thing. Every day, and I laugh at this. I really do. I laugh at WWE for this. They make themselves look worse and worse by every day. Like, they keep driving people towards AEW. Mm-hmm. AEW's empty arena show was better than any empty arena show that WWE did. And that's saying something. And they still manage to maintain less than 10 people in a gathering at one time. Yeah. So, and, and, and the funny thing about it is now we're jumping over to AEW, is the opening that AEW had with Cody in the ring and him talking about everything, and then, uh, was it Matt Jackson that came out? Or was it Nick? I can't, the Elite. Yeah, the Elite in general. Matt Jackson. Matt Jackson came out, and then Kenny Omega came out. And, you know, they were still promoting that Blood and Guts match, which is not happening now, and we'll get that. I know we'll get that in a minute. But they were talking about, you know, compassionate about what was going on in the world. Yes. And, and what they wanted to do, and they wanted to provide a brand of entertainment for the people. Well, I mean, so did Triple H on SmackDown and everything like that, but, you know. This was done a lot better, in a lot better taste, too. Well, yeah, I guess so. And I like the fact that there were members of the AEW uh, locker room that came out and was actually given some reaction, including MJF. Oh, my God, MJF. <laughs> you know what? MJF, I figured out he's married. He is married to kayfabe. He is. Because that motherfucker, I watched That's a, what that uh, ring is. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> I watched that, um, I watched a promo with him on a local news station. He literally pissed off the reporters. Did you see where the little boy was getting his autograph and he shot him the bird? And the dad thought it was funny as hell. <laughs> the dad thought it was funny. He even still wrote to him. Like, he was just like, hey, you know, maybe you should watch it. And I don't necessarily think he was getting on to them. It's more like he was saying, hey, maybe you should watch that. And he and Cody and them were like, yeah, but you went up to MJF, so. Yeah. That was your decision. I mean, literally, Tony Schiavone on everything I see him says little prick. Yeah. <laughs> little prick. <laughs> literally. And he says it, a little prick. <laughs> it, it's great, but I love, but I loved it when, like, when, like, you know, he was just like, yeah. So I'm just gonna let all of the mid card people do this, and I'm gonna take the night off, and you know, being himself. And then he knows when to be comedic because Tony Schiavone was like, was like, what are you gambling here? He's like, whoa, whoa, whoa! 
You are accusing me of something like that? That is absolutely preposterous. What do you want to get in on this, old man? You want to get in on this guy? <laughs> it was great. It was great. It was amazing. He is just tremendous uh, with that stuff. But yeah, I, I did like that stuff. And then, um, you know, let's open up the night with the big, <laughs> with like some of the guys you would think maybe these guys should be wrestling during coronavirus. The Lucha Brother, yeah, <laughs> yeah, and. Uh, best friends, along with Orange Cassidy. Oh, and God. Like and, and you know that the hug had to come into play. <laughs> no, but it didn't, it didn't come, come into, into play. play. They elbowed each other. Did you Which see is that? Good, they yeah. elbowed each other. <laughs> I was worried about that. I'm like, don't hug, don't hug. And they elbowed each other. Like, yes. It's like somebody uh, said that, um, well, I was at work the other day. They're like, well, handshakes are out of the question now, and so are hugs. So how do we say hi? Well, the elbow thing is one thing, but now we're going to start doing the Wakanda. Oh, God. <laughs> and then someone else said, well, it's going to be like Demolition Man. Hold up your hands and rub and go away. <laughs> yeah, that, but, uh, yeah, that's what they did. And uh, that matchup, uh, well, it was awesome. You know it was awesome. It's Lucha Bros and Best Friends. But, you know, and, and I'm not going to go over the whole Dynamite or whatnot, but that was just a cool way to, you know, intro or intro it. And I love what the Elite said. You know, even Kenny Omega in the promo was just like, I don't even know if we're going to have Dynamite next week. You know, because we don't know at this no, point. No, we don't. We truly do not know anything. And, and that's for a different story. But, you know, so, so he said that. And then they even had the pyro and stuff like that. So that was interesting. Um, and... But keep in mind, this is happening in Orlando, Florida as well. Yeah. This is uh, Daly's place in, ja well, not Orlando, but Jacksonville, Florida. Jacksonville, it's still Florida. It's right outside of the Jacksonville Jaguars Stadium, which I am, I am convinced that this will happen. The very first stadium show will be in Jacksonville, Florida, and he will sell out his own stadium. Hell oh, yeah. That's a guarantee. That's going to happen. It's and but it's going to happen sooner than people think. Like it's not going to happen like seven or ten years from now. It's going to happen in like three or five. I I predict at least. You know, like just yeah. from the role that they're on. But anyways, so you know, Dynamite's going awesome, and then Evil Uno comes out, and we've been promised this for a while, and it was supposed to happen on the you know the next Dynamite. That the exalted one was on his way finally, and people have been wondering who it was, and a lot of people thought that it was Matt Hardy. Yeah, especially with all the uh, little snippets and hints and. And they did a great dropped. job with that. They did. They, they did a really great job with that. And Matt Hardy, uh, well, he's not a part of this, but he does come in, and we'll get to that later. Yes. But um, he is not a part of this. Now, the Exalted One is someone different, and the Exalted One finally makes his appearance with this cool little video that, you know, pops up and everything like that, and he looks really cool walking and everything like that, and then he takes off of his hood to reveal it is Brody fucking Lee, or as a lot of people know him, Luke Harper from mm -hmm. WWE, and... Finally, he is there in AEW, Chris. Yes, and and this promo was beautiful. It started off distorted voice, uh, as always, and then it slowly goes into his voice. 
And what I liked about it was, you know, they had the SEU out there saying that there's no exalted one, there's no this, there's no that. And then um, when Brody Lee finally reveals himself, he looks at Christopher, he, he's talking to Christopher Daniels. And I know you want to talk about it because you love this part of the promo. He's getting all chucked up over it, folks. It was yeah. a great promo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was it was an amazing promo. Um, yes, I loved it. He looks at the camera and he goes, he goes, trust me, trust me, Christopher. You are not the only old man to not or out of touch old oh, man. man to to not believe in me. And I was just like, oh my God. Oh. He slapped Vince right in the face. Yeah, he really did. And you know what? I don't think he would have said anything had it not been for the fact of WWE clearly tried to block him from leaving. They did. They they put a roadblock on him because he wanted to leave, what, a year ago? Yeah, he really did. He he made it clear. He was like, he was like, I'm done. I don't want to do it anymore. Like, it's not creative. And Judging from that promo alone, I have always said, why does he not talk? Because he has this amazing voice, he is very articulate, and he can cut a fucking promo like nobody's And this business. promo was beautiful and set the yes. tone. Yes, it It was did. almost like when Bray Wyatt first debuted in WWE... And he cut that first promo, and you're just and like, the, oh and my god! And they the fucking fiend and the firefly, um, firefly funhouse. Yes, it, it was just like that, and you were just in awe, and you're like, this guy is great. Yes, and and I love the fact that they put him as the exalted one, the, the leader of the dark leader. order. Yeah, because he literally sounds like that. It works perfectly, and when he's standing out there with them, he towers above every single one of them. Yes, and I love so how it makes he, it perfect. I love how he finally doesn't have an eye problem. Yeah, thank God. I, what the fuck was that? Like, like that was even his like his debut in WWE was like they would show these like random like eyes uh, just thing, and it was like what the fuck? Like, yeah, it's just they're there. ADW is doing him right, and yes, you know, and it was a great debut, you know. I think the only thing, and I think we all can agree with this, was I wish it had been in Rochester, New York, where he would have gotten a massive Massive pop. pop. But it worked all the same. It helped advance the storyline. And now the Dark Dark Order has something there. And I'm telling you, man, I am telling everyone, that guy, he might be a... WWE star or whatnot. I don't know about that, but like, he is going to become a major fucking star in AEW because no he is a monster. He he can go in the ring and he can cut a promo. And when you have that, you look at Hulk Hogan, you look at Andre the Giant, you look hell Braun Strowman yeah. even. Uh, you know. I could give Braun Strowman shit for storylines that he's been in or stuff that WWE has done with him. You've got to admit, the guy can go in the ring and he can cut a promo. That is Luke Harper. Luke Harper is a monster. He towers over everyone and he's believable. And now he is like acting like a cult leader. He could literally scare the shit out of people. Oh, yeah. It will be amazing. I can't wait to see where they go with this. 
everything like that. So that's another thing AEW uh, has got going for it. Uh, and then, of course, the big debut, again, that we were all wondering when it was going to happen. We didn't know if it was going to happen soon or where it was going to happen, what it was going to be involved in. But they have this blood and guts matchup coming up, and I'm not going to get too much into that. We'll get uh, more into that because it's not happening uh, as quick as we think it is, so we're going to have to stretch it out a little bit more. Oh, but of you've got the inner circle and everything like that, and they are going up against the elite, but the elite has been fractured, so they have to pull in some reinforcements. And they reveal that Matt Jackson needed a favor from an old friend, and that old friend was, of course, the broken one, Matt Hardy. The broken universe is back. Not the fucking Woken that nope. just laughed for some reason. That was all they saw in it. And, uh, yeah. He is back. And uh, it's going to be interesting to see where all of this yep. goes. I can't wait for it. What's weird about this is the, the debut that happened, um, you know, Jericho and them are talking at the top of the ramp, the inner circle, and then all of a sudden, Vanguard 1 flies in. Anybody who's watched Impact knows about Vanguard 1. Yes. Um, and then that's when Matt, uh, Nick Jackson talks and about... it's clear a lot of TNA fans have are, are watching AEW. Oh, yeah. But that's when he said he had a favor, and it shoots up to the stands, and there's broken Matt Hardy sitting there laughing, you know, pretty much. And what's... Weird about this was the debut was supposed to be completely different if it was uh, in the arena. Because um, Vanguard won, uh, according to what they said of that, um, I think it was uh, the aviation uh, said that they couldn't fly drones inside of a building. Oh, yeah. So like they were going to have it fly outside, and of course the fans would spot it, and it would be on the screen. And it would show the outside of the arena, blah, blah, blah. And then it was supposed to fly back and get this beauty shot of Matt Hardy. Yeah. Which would have got an amazing now, crowd pop. Yeah, but we had to switch everything. So yep. the, the way that they did it, but the way that they did it worked. So it did. And it was awesome. And, uh, Matt Hardy appears and, uh, yeah, it was, uh, it was amazing. It's another get for AEW, yep. which they were supposed to do blood and guts this Wednesday. And, uh, that's what this was promoting. Right. And Tony Khan, um, the the owner of uh, AEW, the genius, genius, owner. yeah. Uh, he come online and he pretty much said that now would not be the right time for that storyline. And he is exactly right because if you think about it, blood and guts, it literally has to be what it is promoting. And right now, it is scary in life just to get a cut. Uh, scraping, you know, or scratching too hard mm -hmm. at this point. So imagine seeing guys bleed on their face or something like that. Yeah. Um, yeah, not a good look. So another so, another kudos to AEW on making a tough decision, but still wanting to provide but entertainment. But, but that's okay because when it does happen, they can build it even more now. So exactly. now when it does happen, it's going to be a war. Uh, it's going to be amazing when it does happen. Um, but Plus, they wanted to provide not just that matchup, but they wanted to do like a whole dynamite type of, like like 
you know, there it, it's almost like Monday Nitro did back in the day where it's like, yes, they do have pay-per-view type dynamites, and that's clearly what they're going with with blood and guts. But now they might even make that, you know, a pay-per-view or something like that. Could be. Who knows? I, I doubt that. But it's probably just going to be a dynamite. But they want to do that in a packed arena. Of course. They want to do that type of card. They probably wanted to do, you know, this past Wednesday's type of show in a packed crowd as well. Uh, well, obviously they did. But, and you know, some people might might be like, well, maybe they should have waited. But... No, what they were trying to do was, no, we're going to give you Dynamite because that's what you tune in to see. So this is Dynamite. But now it's like, well, we can stretch things out now. Yeah. And still provide you entertainment and still, you know, be within guidelines and regulations that are in place right now. Um, and there's a lot of them. Like, we, we're not seeing anything from anybody else at the moment. Uh, TNA, uh, Impact Wrestling has had a, a whole stretch of tape uh, media that they can air um, up until you know that then they have to you know come up with something else yeah uh, but they're stretching back of for Honor a couple is months completely shut down, shut down. major um, league wrestling is shut down now. and they've recently shut down tapings for nwa uh, and that, that sucks too because those like uh that crockett cup was probably going to sell out in atlanta um, because the the arena is not that big. It's like it's kind of like the gym, not the gym, but uh, the Augusta State Jaguars. Yeah, uh, basketball. It's kind of like that place, but it's in Atlanta, and it would they would have done really well. They like Nick Aldis even said it. He's like he's like the tickets were doing really well. We would have done like really good business, and I believe that too because I was gonna. Say like me and you, Chris, are going to go to that when they re- reschedule it. Yeah, that's what we're going to do. Yeah, we're going to be there live, and then uh, the tapings like NWA Power is doing so well. Like I've often said that like I get that AEW as far as money, and yes, I love AEW right now. But like before that, I was saying that NWA was actually what I thought was the best thing going right now. Like. Their shows, like, Power has been amazing, Chris. Yeah, it has. It's been a great show. Uh, it really has. Like, I've loved the atmosphere of it, the studio feel of it, and then, like, mix it in with the wrestling. And the storylines are simple. Like, it's simple stuff for me to follow, and it's not, uh, you know, some of it is over the top and ridiculous, but... NWA back in the day, a lot of that stuff was. Yeah, like it was it crazy. Still is you know even by today's standards. Yeah, and I haven't had a chance to watch any of the more recent NWA Powers uh, episodes, but I mean the ones I did get to watch, like when they introduced the TV Championship, and um, you know the the rule. I love the rule that's being played right now with that. Uh, you know, it's it's. Six minutes and five seconds is how long the match is. Yes. And then if you win, now I think it's... only for the TV title. Yeah. I had to But it makes sense. And then if you're the champion and you successfully defend your belt, was it seven times? Then you, you get a shot get a at the shot NWA at the... championship. So there you go. You can write, like, you know, 
literally 12 months of TV right yeah. there. Yeah, boom, done deal. And then, of course, the whole NWA Women's Championship. Uh, with, with oh, Marlena. my God, is Thunder Rosa not Thunder Rosa is amazing? awesome as the NWA Women's Champion. I think she is really the face of the NWA right now. I she really is. Do. Uh, as far as the women's division, she is. And... Um, well, that's true, because Aldis is the face. Yeah, Aldis. Nick Aldis as the NWA World's Heavyweight Champion. I couldn't he, ask for a better heel as an NWA World's Heavyweight Champion right now. And I, Well, I, I did love, you know, Strictly Business, but it's kind of like, it's like, I don't know. They've gone a little bit more comedy with Royce Isaac, and I don't really like that. You talking about him and his uh, woman? Yeah, like, I feel like him and, um, what's his name? His name is, it's not Bram like it was in TNA. Like, I don't know what, what like, what is his name? Like, it's I Royce don't remember Isaac, his name. But they are they were the wild cards, and I was just, like, putting him with Aldis, or putting them with Aldis, and then uh, Camille, like, having that dynamic, I thought, that is good. But then we kind of threw in this comedy stuff, and I didn't really like, I don't really like that. Yeah, the comedy stuff is okay in spurts. But not for him. But no, not for him. Not for what they were going... Like, now, I thought the tag team worked. Like, yeah, you could have had now, them tag team Yeah, when it comes to, him. like, James Storm and... Uh, crap. Eli Drake. Do that you need works. me to spell it out? E Eli Drake! Yeah! <laughs> I Let love me talk that, to you. I love that promo that they cut um, with, uh, oh, what's his name? He used to be, uh, he's with the question mark. I've watched it enough that Aaron I should, Stevens. Aaron Stevens. See, that, that should show you right there. I haven't had a chance to watch it in a while. But that one moment where they uh, came out and they were cutting the promo, and he looked at it and he was like, uh, can you do something for me? Well, sure. No, I don't think you understand. Can you do something for me? Yeah, sure. Why not? I don't think you get it. And then James Storm was like, I'll be him. I'll be him. Can you do something for me? Uh, yeah. <laughs> and then when he finally great. did it, the crowd popped. It was just amazing. I just loved it. And and just James Storm being James Storm. I also Storm. love uh, Tim Storm. Tim Storm is Mama Storm. Yeah, <laughs> I did well, it for Mama Storm. But I mean, seriously, is he not like your classic like baby face? He is. But yet that still works. He's your baby face slash veteran wrestler, and he just has an amazing dynamic, and he has a chemistry about him that just can't be explained. Yeah, and then of course you know I guess they still got the working relationship going with ROH because yep. Marty, Marty Scroll and is involved, and they're involved in the world title. Well. I don't know when it's going to happen, but when it happens, I hope it, you know, I hope the momentum that NWA was creating as well is not killed because yeah. to me, there's three of them right now. WWE, obviously, AEW, obviously, but then like if we were going to go independence, it would go NWA, NWA. then MLW would yeah. be behind them. Because MLW also shut down as well right now. Yes, they are, but have they not been kicking ass as well they have they've been doing a lot of, a lot of good and I, I love especially with this contra contra is just oh my god like they hack like their own uh facebook and stuff like that contra unit does like like they'll hack like the broadcast and stuff like and they'll beat up anyone yeah it's just great it's just, i feel like that's kind of like a playoff of some kind like 
It almost looks like it's a playoff of ISIS. Does it not look? It could be. But it just, it makes sense to that promotion. And it's just, it works. For some reason, it, well, that's because you just got guys that work well with each other for some reason. It's Simon Gotch. It's, uh, somehow he became a badass. Oh, yeah. Like, God damn, he's he's vicious with Contra Unit. Oh, know? yeah, like, he's vicious as hell. I love it. Like, and there's no telling where they could go with this stuff. And Jacob Fatu. Oh, God, Jacob Fatu is just a menacing man. Well, he embodies uh, uh, Umaga. He does. He really, really does. And if isn't you look that at his him. father? It is. Right, right, right. So, yeah, like, like his father, like... He embodies and, him, and, but he has his own swag about but that, him. That makes it sad because that means he's Roman Reigns' brother, and he's a lot well, more okay, badass than who, Roman. Who cares? I, I I'm just saying. He. This is what happens when you utilize a talent correctly. And, yeah, I, I, and, and and I agree. But here's the thing: Umaga was amazing. He was, but he wasn't utilized. Fully well, not to, to the full potential yes. Umaga, the times that he was utilized, he came through and everything, but yeah, no, he never had the right push, but right now, Jacob too, that's yes. the perfect type of push for you, That's man. a perfect type of push, and, and he works got, well in the country. They've yet. got a lot of good stuff going on there, especially the stuff with Mance Warner. Apparently, anything Mance Warner does is, like, amazing, and what I'm thinking is, is, like, what I'm thinking uh, is, is that they're going to put him somehow get him involved with the Contra unit thing and he's going to be like one of the saviors. Oh yeah, it's like almost that. I don't know, like something like that or like low key, which I know that they've tried that and stuff, but yeah, I just I really like what MLW is doing. Um Ring of Honor, you know, it, it, it's 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 weird with Ring of Honor, you know, right now. Like it, it seems like a weird time even with everything shut down. Yeah. Like it, it, it's it's been weird for Ring of Honor ever since last year, has it not? It has, and and it's, that's because of the way Ring of Honor has kind of went through this phase of, well, this is our personality, you know, this is what we're going with this time. We're going to do this big arena show at Madison Square Garden, and then all of a sudden you drop off and you're not doing so hot, and you're making the wrong decisions on booking. And, and just recently, with Marty Scroll going to NWA, there was a big talk about him making a debut in AEW because he's part of the elite. And the next thing you know, it's... Well, I actually thought he chose NWA specifically. Well, he did. But, yeah, well, he did. But it was strategic. Yeah. And the next thing you know, it's official. He is signed with Ring of Honor, and now he's part of the creative committee. Yes. And that is huge. Yes, it is. But now my question is, is what exactly is he doing? Like, like, what has he booked? No, uh, as far as I know, nothing yet. <laughs> um, I, cause I haven't seen Hide a Hair of Ring of Honor for a minute. Well, I kind of stopped watching them, and too I think they I didn't really like what they did with the Madison Square you know, Garden thing. I, I think they're in they a restructuring kind of phase right now. Well, obviously they are because they're trying to figure out what to do after losing, you know, the biggest stars that they had. And it's right. and it, and it's like, it's like you wonder like why couldn't they sign those guys before like, you know, why did we even get an AEW in the first place? Of course, you know, kind of thing. Like like to me, they could have signed Jericho. Yeah, they could have signed Jericho. They could have signed. There's so I don't know. Maybe they could have. Maybe they couldn't have. I don't know. But 
to me, I don't care if you do lose your stars and it kills the momentum or whatnot. You should still be able to put on a quality show with good storylines and you still have characters. You can push anybody you want to. Right. Like, the things that I say that they have done well, PCO. Yeah, PCO. Definitely PCO. And he won the title, and they gave it right back to Roosh, which I'm okay with, because Roosh was good, too. Mm -hmm. They're doing some type of faction with that. I'll say that. Ring of Honor does a lot of factions. You look at the history. She calls herself Ring Ring of Factions. (laughs) Seriously, they've done a lot of those. I mean, hell, villain enterprises and shit like that. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, all, all that kind of stuff. But... Do you think that there's still hope for Ring of Honor, though? I think there is, and and I do believe... What do they need to do, and what do you see, like, Marty Scroll doing? Marty Scroll, honestly, I'm pretty sure he has a lot of great ideas. I mean, look at the rest of the elite with AEW, uh, uh, or bringing out the best in pro wrestling. Um, he just needed a, a means of calling the shots. and And you know what's funny about that, real quick? Is, is is you look at AEW and so many people have said like, oh, well, since you have all of the wrestlers involved or in, in the head stuff, then they're just going to book themselves. No, they haven't. They haven't. They've all now, lost. Exactly. That's what I was about to say. Like, the Young Bucks lost the very first match in the tag tournament. Pay, uh, Hangman Page lost to Jericho. Jericho. Uh, Cody lost to MJF. Like he put him over clean. He well, also lost cleanly, to Jericho but... and lost the opportunity to fight for the AEW World Title in the process. Mm-hmm. So, and then Kenny Omega, he don't even look like the cleaner anymore. He well, basically it just, and, and he wrestles you know differently. I'm so fucking sick of people saying that. Well, here's the here's the thing. On. Well, go well, ahead. Hang on, because because here's what I want to make the point of is is like I'm so sick of people saying that because I'm sitting there going. Maybe that's the point. Yeah. Is he supposed to struggle? Like, like that's the whole point. Which he's not struggling right now. He's the tag the team, team champions. champions with Paige, who cowboy shit is over like crazy. Mm-hmm. Seriously, every time that motherfucker comes out, cowboy shit, cowboy shit. <laughs> it was amazing. But the thing is, is that Kenny Omega even said it himself that that was a different style at a different time, and... Now he's doing something different, and he wants to be different, but also push and promote the younger talent, the new talent that's there. Because let's face it, in New Japan, there is psychology, but it's different. Yes. And you do have to do a lot of maneuvers like they did and stuff like that. Certain guys do, or it has to be very hard-hitting. In America, people don't realize, no, it's not the same. America, you still have to you have to wrestle a more entertaining style. Mm-hmm. You have to tell a story. People don't understand that. Like, okay, that tag matchup with uh, fucking the Bucks, uh, Page and um, Omega. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the reason everyone was buzzing about that is because yes, they did a bunch of spots. We saw that. But those spots worked in the story that they were telling. Yeah, it did. Now, if they had done that in New Japan, it would have been so-so. Yeah, it would have just been, uh, whatever. Yeah, exactly. They wouldn't have got over. But, that's we're not in Japan. 
No, we're in America where everything works differently as far as pro wrestling goes. But and they got the grasp on that. But back to our because I go back to Ring of Honor, right? And I remember 2019. I I saw them, right? Mm-hmm. I saw them with, uh, or was it 2018? I think it was 2019. It was the beginning of 2019. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was 2019. But like. Like, I went there and saw it, and I truly believed, like, it was right up there with, like, one of the best wrestling shows I've seen in years, live. Like, I re- there were some things that I didn't like that were clear jobber matches or stuff like that, but you're gonna have that, you know? That, that, that just happens. But, for the most part, the main event at the end of the night was amazing with the ten man tag thing. I think it was a ten, no, or it was either an eight man or a ten man. I think it was an eight man actually, but with Lifeblood versus Ring of Honor, basically, yeah, that was great. You had Bandito versus uh, Hoskins, I think is what it was. That was amazing. You had all of this other stuff. You had a fatal. I, I can't even remember how many people were in this, but, like, Flip Gordon did, like, a move off something. Villain Enterprises was there. It was a great show. And I thought, well, you know, these aren't the biggest stars, but this was a good... Oh, the NWA title was defended. Yeah, Nick Aldis uh, was So, there. like, it was a great show. So, like, I, I, I don't know, like... Did, does it seem like they just didn't capitalize on that? Maybe not capitalize on that show or anything like that, but like, that like I don't know. Maybe it's just not translating. I think enough. they just shortly after that kind of lost their um, the vision and the way um, because a lot of uh, changes behind the scenes happened, and it was shortly after that that Marty Scroll ended up in the position that he's with. Uh, with ROH right now. Well, so. and, and what well, I mean, it took a while for uh, that to happen, though, you know, like, because that didn't happen yet. Marty wasn't on his way out no. yet or anything. No, like what that. I'm saying is, is that there was a lot of shakeup behind the scenes. That's true. And there was. that's why it happened, because I got a feeling that who, you know, whoever's in charge of everything now at Sinclair uh, maybe saw the writing on the wall and maybe made those changes. And now, once everything clears up, I think we're going to see a completely different Ring of Honor. One that's actually so? better. I do believe so. I believe because that'll it, be a competitor it, it, again. And here's the thing. Like, I thought that they made several bad moves during that Madison Square Garden thing. For one thing, I thought the biggest thing was was they didn't present Ring of Honor. No, they presented, they presented this weird version of, weird, of like Ring of Honor. And New Japan looked like New Japan. Yeah. You know, kind of thing. But, like, they should have done, for me, they should have done Jay Lethal versus Matt Taven for the ROH champion, and Matt Taven should have been crowned. Like, they got that right, crowning him champion, but I felt like it should have been just the two of them. And, yes, Marty Scroll, what he should have done was is they should have had villain enterprises, but it should have been the six man tag. Yeah. And then they should have had God versus uh what the Gorillas of Destiny versus the Briscoes. Yeah. They made That's a lot of terrible decisions. Did. Yeah. Like having big casts and uh ding dong interfering without letting nobody know they were interfering. Oh yeah. That was stupid too. And I think that really hurt them. It did. It, you could tell it did because people just were they didn't buy it and they thought it was 
Like mm-hmm. I thought it was. It was just dumb, well. and it it put a sour taste, I think, with New Japan. Even though they still are doing, or are they doing stuff? With I don't New think Japan? they're doing anything with New I don't Japan think they right are now either. But like, yeah, to me, they they did like several moves that just were oh, and the fucking um, Angelina Love and Velvet the Sky, Sky. I think. like it looked like TNA. Yeah. Let's bring in the beautiful people and call them something different. No, they're the beautiful people. They came from TNA. You have the same gimmick. And, you know, to me, they could have still tried to feature the Bucks and Cody and Omega. They could have. Because they still had the opportunity. Or at least Cody and the Bucks. Yeah, they still had the opportunity. I mean, they could have got it as a specialty match. Because at the time, AEW wasn't doing anything but building itself. Yeah, and it, it could have easily like, yeah, we'll go wrestle one more time, give the fans what they want, and, and have our send offs with Ring of Honor, which I don't believe and, they and, really and it had. It would have been a good send off. It would have it would have been a good send off for them to go to AEW, and then it would have also, uh, you know, said, hey, still support Ring of Honor, still exactly kind of thing. And you know, I don't think either side really got that no. or anything like that. So. I just I felt like they missed that opportunity, and then what they missed the opportunity, you know, the biggest thing I've seen is is a lot of the places I've seen that they've gone, and again I ha- I haven't watched like their TV shows from front to back, but you see Facebook videos, same thing I do with WWE, and mm-hmm. you know that's kind of how I keep up with things a lot of the times, and if it looks interesting, I'll go and check it out. So like I'll see like some Ring of Honor videos and stuff like that. They're not performing in gymnasiums anymore or, like, other stuff. Like, they're actually performing in some pretty big buildings. Like, and some that are arenas, like, they're not big. Like, it's like Bell Auditorium size, basically. Yeah. Or, like, you know, center stage, you know, size and everything like that. And I'm sitting there going, man, you could fill these up and get a rabid crowd going and because like you have the talent there to do it, yeah, and just... then you can always get more because you can be like, hey, if you can't go to AEW, and you can't go to MLW, you could come Ring here. Ring of Honor, and, and still and still have a great career, and still make a name for yourself. Exactly, but I think several PR disasters as well, like the Bubba Ray Dudley thing. You know, oh God! Yeah, that that definitely put a smear on their. Image. That was bad, and then like the whole Kelly Klein incident with Joey Mercury. Yeah, Joey Mercury leaving and everything like mm-hmm. that. Like, I think some of that hurt them. But here's the thing: every company is going to have to go through that. Yep, at some and usually point. when a company goes through it, and they do a whole retcon and uh, fix their backstage and. All that, usually sometimes they come out the other end better than what they were. So let's just hope and pray that when all this smoke and dust clears on everything and everything goes back to normal and Ring of Honor gets back to business, that they they do better business and everything starts looking better. And and here's here's my thing, right? Here's the reason I, I say that, right? Because it's not a good thing if Ring of Honor goes out of business. Because they're, like, they shouldn't focus on competing with AEW or WWE or anything like that. Because they're not going to right now. No. What they need to focus on, which is what I, you know, 
sometimes it looks like this and sometimes it doesn't looking back at it but I just I always kind of got the sense that they were like hey if we make just if we show that this place uh, can be where you can make money then we can get talent over here same thing I thought TNA did back in the day was like they made it look like hey you can make money here and do wrestling you know like and that's the whole point because that's the problem with independence I'm just gonna say it right off the bat you know it's like yeah the independents are popping depending on what kind of star you are if you were AJ Styles or Cody or the Bucks or Kenny Omega you were doing great but a lot of other people not so much right. you know and that's what it needs to be like like there needs to be places to work so that you can have a better opportunity to make a living doing wrestling and nothing else. Agreed. And that's what Ring of Honor can provide. And that's why I say it's not a good thing if they go out of business. And I don't think, they don't look like they're going to go out of business. No. Because they still make money. Yeah, they still make money. They sell merchandise, the DVDs that they do sell are doing well. Uh, Honor Club is still doing decent so and and of course ticket sales at you know arenas they're not major like AEW or wwe but they're still getting a decent crowd coming in so they do have funds rolling in the door well they they do but i think that they could be even better they could but only time will tell uh and that's all that matters is it rome wasn't built overnight and it even, wasn't, but do you think Marty Scroll can help them get in that direction? I do feel like Marty Scroll uh, might be part of the key to getting Ring of Honor where it needs to be. I think that there's other things that they need to do. I like the you know how they go to these certain size venues. I like the fact, but like we've even like I've heard Jr. get onto them about this, and I agree with it. Now, at center stage, it's pretty easy. Like, you can light up center stage really easy. Mm -hmm. But other places, like, it's like, why don't you light that motherfucker up? Yeah. Well, right. and two, it's probably because, like, there's not that much of a crowd, so they don't want to show that, you know? But, like, there's, like, there's places where I'm just like, man, y'all should have more people there. Like, so, like... They need to worry about that, and like you know, I'm you know I'm asking you like, what do you think they can do? Well, one, they need to improve their production. They've been in business for so long that their production level has stayed the same. Yes. And if if, if you learn from any promotion in history, and they learn done from little things to improve yeah, well, it. Well, I mean, learn from any promotion in history. Go back to ECW. ECW. Paul Heyman didn't want to change a damn thing about ECW. And in the end, that's what ultimately caused the downfall of ECW. Because he didn't want to change and adapt. He wanted to keep everything the same. The gritty style. Keep the same uh, just basic entrance way. We're going to not light everything up. We're going to have the basic camera uses. We're only going to use two cameras. Uh, we're not going to have lights. We're not going to have pyro. We're not going to have screens. when they go other places, people can't see it. Yeah, we're not going to do all this fancy-smancy stuff. And we're still going to be that gritty, hardcore style. I'll give them that. They've changed their style up a bit over time. Um, and then they were unique with the, the, the original Honor Code. And then the Honor Code kind of took a back seat for a little bit. It comes out periodically, but it's mostly utilized when two people who respect each other have a match. 
Um, well, they still do it. They in a still lot of do ways, it yeah. in a lot of ways, but they they've adapted. But when it comes down to it, I mean, they have the entrance video ramp and all that. But what's that matter if your arena looks like dirt? <laughs> and, yeah, and you have no flair and finesse to it, and it's not lit up well, and everything looks dark, and even the streamer parties are the brightest thing in the show. Yeah. So, uh, improve on your um, your overall production value, and build that up, and then talent will start coming to you. Also, you're owned by Sinclair Broadcasting. Sinclair has how many networks out there? Not a lot. Not a lot. But they could sell the distribution rights to Ring of Honor. And they tried this before with Destination America. Destination America wasn't the best option. Because not a lot of people have Destination America. Yeah. I mean, right now, Paramount Network would probably be a great place for you to air Ring of Honor. It would fit. Yeah, it would. And, and again, like... The thing with Destination America, yeah, not a lot of people had that, and they didn't really give an episode, like, worth jumping right. for, for off the bright off the bat. No, I mean, you got Honor Club right now, and you can watch anything if you have any kind and of access thing, to streaming They don't services. even need that. Like, no. they could just use YouTube. Yeah, use YouTube. Utilize YouTube. Utilize, uh, hell, utilize Netflix. Utilize Hulu. Utilize any streaming service. Fuck. Yeah. Put your shit on Pluto TV. It's free. And everybody I mean, can get MLW it. right now is in talks with a um, CBS-owned like yeah. uh, network to get uh, Fusion on there. And Fusion is like saying fucking shit on their stuff. Yeah. I mean, but they get a lot of views on their YouTube. Right. That's and how they've been getting a lot even, of views. Even AEW still utilizes social media and YouTube. But then but then again, you know, not just the streaming stuff. I mean, but Honor Club should work fine. They've also got an app and everything like that. You should still be able to. The problem is, is that they don't have anything worth going for. Exactly. And that What be- do they need to do to fix and that? And that comes in creative. Yes. You've got to have creative There's always minds. been a lack of creative. And that's where Marty Scroll would make a great, you know, asset because now he's part of that creative package. You've got to have people who have a mindset for the wrestling business. You can't just have a bunch of suits in the building going, well, this is how this is going to happen and this is how this is going to happen. No, it doesn't make sense. Then you start looking like Impact Wrestling who's doing things just for the shock value of the business. And that's a knock to Tessa who lately I've kind of fallen off on. Um, Oh, my God. Yeah, believe that one. Things are changing on this show. So you've got to have something that the fans want to see, that the fans are going to look at and go, hey, I want more of that. We go into Impact now. Yeah, you put the Impact World Championship on Tessa Blanchard, who already has been a multi-time champion every promotion she's went, including Wild Women Wrestling that she doesn't work for anymore, and um, you know other countless independent Wrestle promotions. Circus where she held three titles yeah. at one point. So you put that on her as a means of shock value, and I think you made the perfect notion on it. Is she the perfect person to put that on? At the time, no, she wasn't. She's entertaining, yes. Fans do, you know, love Tessa, but. Not enough to put yeah, your whole promotions back on. See, see, and that's what I'm saying. Like, 
I don't want people to get the impression that I'm saying a woman can't be world champion. No, and, that's and, not what I'm saying. And this is coming from a guy who used to what up all the time blow up like Tessa Blanchard, baby, and I don't even do that anymore. I know, like, see, well, here's well, here's what uh, I'm saying about it. All right, first of all, are we saying that then is like Impact Wrestling basically saying that she is the best thing going on Impact Wrestling? And I don't believe that she is right now. She's good. She, I'm, I'm not gonna give. I'm, I'm not gonna take that away from her. And, and 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 you know, I again, I like Tessa. Like like, I think she's good for the women's division. Yeah. But I also I don't like it because okay, you had two women fighting for the Impact World Champion. Her Here's my Valkyrie. question. Here's my question. What now does the women's title matter? Yeah, it should. So why isn't out of those people who is actually bigger than the two of them, Jordan Gracie, not going after the uh, Impact World title? Because technically, if you think about it, she looks like she could knock around anybody. I mean, hell, you could you could go back in in the past and pull Awesome, awesome Kong. Kong. I mean, she's in AEW. And yeah, but and even on that matter, um, you could you could go in and. Say, for example, Gail Kim, who has uh, a far better athletic background than most of the guys in Impact exactly. Wrestling. Why is it out of all of those women, Tessa Blanchard is, you know, that one. Which, you know, she's not a bad choice either. But again, I just don't like it. I, like, I, to me, WWE is missing a huge opportunity with not giving the women's a wrestling show. Yeah. Like, their own show. And, and the reason and, I say that is because... I'm not going to, you know, sit here and say that women don't deserve to be with the men or whatnot. No, no, no. That's not what I'm saying, people. I'm saying that, look, there's so much talent out there. There's so much TV out there that it's like, if you're WWE, you Give the have, women a platform. Give the women a platform, and every woman can shine. If you look at it, every woman now could have a storyline and it all lead to something. And it just feels like this whole Tessa Blanchard women winning the Impact World Championship was just Impact's answer to everything going on in the women's world of wrestling right now. Oh, women's wrestling's big. Women are getting this well, opportunity. Let's, so well, let's just go on. ahead and do this for the, well, the value of getting news. Also, you know, a lot of the people right now in Impact Wrestling uh, that are doing it are also people from Lucha Underground. And in Lucha Underground, they had great success. Here is the thing, though, with Lucha Underground, all right? When Lucha Underground had the women battling the men, there was not an established women's wrestling there. It was made from the start. That was the... See, that was the brilliance in the storyline aspect of it, was they were saying, this is... All right, so, you know, this is come as you are. It doesn't matter what gender you are. We do not care. If you want to fight, come fight for this belt. Mm -hmm. This is the only thing that we're fighting for. That's why you had Sexy Star, even though I don't agree with her being the world champion or whatnot. Uh, I thought it should have been Eva Lee, but that was just me. But uh, (laughs) Sexy Star was the uh, champion. And here was the thing. Uh, that worked because she was because again they had that rule of come as you are they didn't have mm-hmm. a women's division it works in that aspect 
But when you've got a women's world champion, all right, it doesn't work. It, that, that has to be then your division. That has to be it. I'm yep. sorry. It just does. Yeah, I agree wholeheartedly. And that, to me, is why, like, again, you see the success of WoW. And WoW could be even bigger than what it is, you know, and stuff like that. And I'll need to check out WoW. But you see that, and you think, and, like, I just, I go back to WWE. I'm like, you have so much talent with the women there, and clearly you're trying to clump people together so that you can put people on and shit like that. Why not give them a whole wrestling show to themselves, and they and you could make it whatever you wanted to make it? Yeah, I mean it. It so much influx of women talent in WWE, and you could use an all women's like booking, like all women mm-hmm. book it, women write it, women commentate. Put Stephanie it. McMahon in charge of it. I mean, she's got that freaking Quibi show right now. Um, a fight like a woman. Yeah, yeah. I, I thought that was a. Uh, it's yeah. on Quibi. Oh, it's okay. Ten minute show. Oh, okay. Yeah. So. And and it's it's her giving uh, like regular women and girls and around the world around the United States or whatnot. And she's a good businesswoman. She exactly. knows what she's doing. People so, can say what they want to about her, but she knows what the fuck she's doing. And she could run a women's she could run a women's uh, wrestling show uh, point blank. Yeah. And again, have it all women, women trainers, women fucking um, um, writers. Bookers, commentators. You could even call the show Girl Power for Christ's sake. Or whatever. You know, it, it doesn't matter. You could have it be whatever you want, and there's an extra source of income, there's an extra source of travel. And you know and you can el- like I think another thing that they need to do is eliminate house shows. Yeah, house shows are obsolete. They really are. Yeah. And that's a whole different story for another day. But again, you know, the whole point was we were talking about Ring of Honor. And I, I, I hope Ring of Honor succeeds. And do you think that they will gain some more momentum back and we will truly have like this competition between six companies? I think so. That's unprecedented. Um, I do think so. And uh, like I said, only time will tell. Um, right now, the circumstances... Well, what do you think of Impact Wrestling right now? Besides uh, the Tessa Blanchard thing. Um, honestly, they're not doing so hot. Because a lot of their stuff doesn't make sense either, no. does it? I mean, they got the whole thing with Access TV only because Anthem Sports bought it. Right. And that didn't help them none in the long run. You're still running the same stupid storylines. You still have the same talent there. Now, don't get me wrong. The talent there is great, but not utilized to the fullest. And... and you just turned, uh, what's his face? Uh, used to be a member of the Wolves. We talked about him a bunch when he oh, had Eddie, Eddie, Eddie Edwards. You turned him in the brand new Tommy Dreamer, or or a mix and of I Tommy didn't Dreamer and Sandman that because he's so much better. Yeah, he is. So you're basically you're taking old stuff and mixing. You have Rob Van Dam, who's basically a gigolo now. He's got this girl coming out with him all the time, strip teasing and everything, yeah. and they're doing it for shock value. Oh. He wrestles slower than I take a crap. So, <laughs> why Rob Van Dam? Why do you have all these older guys who should have already just left the building years ago? They should be behind the scenes working with the new talent instead of being out there walking around and blowing up faster than Hulk Hogan at WrestleMania. 
Yeah. So. Yeah. For real. But uh, it's just the point. I, I, I don't know. So like, so like to me, like the best ones, you know, I'm, WWE. No, but AEW. That's AEW the best. And by the way, and and I'm gonna talk about AEW in just a minute here. But um, but AEW, NWA, NWA yeah. is killing. But all both of their pay per views that they have had that have been on fight have been awesome. Yeah, I loved both of them. Um, yeah, 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 both of them. And then um, I'm really looking forward to the Crockett Cup when they can do it because I believe like they're on a roll right now and it's clear that they, they are. are. Uh, MLW clearly has. And, and their pay-per-view got a big response. That oh, yeah. super fought, fight that they had with L.A. Park and... Um, uh, Junior fought too. Mm-hmm. Like, like they had like a badass match. Oh, yeah. And not to mention the fact that uh, one of the one of the females we know, Casey Lennox, works down at MLW as yes, well. Yes, she does. She does uh, as a commentator, and they're fixing to launch their division, so we might see her in oh, the yeah. rings uh, some more and stuff like that. We love so, that. So, so they're doing uh, so a lot of good things. And then, you know, we're going to keep our eyes on Ring of Honor, and hopefully they can pull the nose up. And, mm-hmm. you know, hell, hopefully Impact Wrestling can, you know, continue to do stuff. They were down here at center stage. They and were. I'm interested to see how that looks on well, TV. Well, our, our, another one of our um, correspondents, Jeffrey, uh, Jeffrey Taylor. Taylor, was actually doing ring announcing for him down here for Impact during the tapings. Yes, he was. And, and uh, moving on up awesome. in the world. And, uh, yeah, I hate you for that, Jeffrey. But at the <laughs> same time, <laughs> just messing with well, you. Well, I'm hoping that uh, I, I do want to see those episodes because uh, I want to see how that looks on TV with that. Just because I like that arena. There's yeah. so much history with that that people don't understand. You know? Yeah, and just to see Jeffrey on there doing the ring announcement. Well, that's be true. Big that thing. too. That's pretty cool, uh, yeah. and everything like that. So that, and then of course, you know, New Japan. New Japan, um, who always is doing big things and always creating new talent. Um, and you know, I'm looking forward to see what they uh, bring to the table as well. Right. Well, when we come back, uh, we're going to talk about AEW Live in Atlanta. Uh, Dynamite. I was there, and I'm going to talk about my experience there and why I'm a huge AEW fan. When we come back, it's the Stovall Wrestling Network. Please do not pull that trigger. What are you talking about, boss? <laughs> yeah, okay. They tried to censor us. They tried to stop us. They didn't want us to pull it, but damn it, we're back and we're pulling that trigger, baby. Ha <laughs> ha! The Wrestling Shootout, the greatest wrestling podcast in all the podcasts, is returning. It's coming back soon. You tried to stop us. You thought we were going to go away? Nah, I don't think so. You're listening to the Stovall Wrestling Network, exclusively on TMB Studios. All right, we are back here on the Stovall Wrestling Network. And uh, just real quick, I wanted to tell you uh, about my time at AEW in Atlanta, Dynamite. That's right, I was there the first time they have ever been to Atlanta, Georgia. I was there live with uh, my good friend Blake, uh, Blake Collins. I almost yep. said Blake Collins there. Uh, so, <laughs> Blake Collins, and uh, this is why. I, and this is why I have been wanting to talk about this for a while, Chris. Because, man, I got to tell you, 
I, you know, in 2019, I really raved about the Ring of Honor show that I was at in Atlanta because yeah. I generally enjoyed it. It was amazing from just a fan's perspective, not being behind the scenes, not knowing what the hell's going on or anything like that, just enjoying it as a fan, as a pro wrestling fan, you know. And then I went to AEW and saw them in Atlanta. And, dude, I'm telling you this. It was better than when I saw WrestleMania in Atlanta, Georgia. That says a lot. Yes. And I'm not talking about, no, it wasn't the Georgia Dome. It was the Phillips Arena. Well, it's called the State Farm Arena now. But Mm -hmm. it's that same place. And it's so funny because, you know, like, you're sitting there and, like, as a WCW fan, you know, I'm sitting there freaking out because I'm just like, does anyone not realize this is the first time wrestling has been in the CNN Center? Yeah. In, in, 20, in like, 20 years. Yeah, that's crazy. Like, it, it was insane. And then just everything that they did, man, it felt big. And everything like that, uh, the the way that they opened up with the pre-show, not just the pre-show, but just like when they were when you were uh, walking down to your seat, they had something playing on the Titantron, and it was like a YouTube thing uh, that they have, and Tony Schiavone was on it, and everything like that. It, it was it was awesome. Even that part was, you know. And then they had the pre-show. The pre-show match was great, and then Dynamite kicked off. And Dynamite, dude, oh my God, it was amazing from start to finish, you know, and and you forget at one point sitting in the crowd that like, it's a TV show, you know, like, like, like you're like, wait a minute, wait, oh yeah, this is also going on TV and shit shit like that. The Battle Royale was amazing. Like Orange Cassidy that night, good God almighty, like, uh, I think it was Trent. Yeah, Trent Beretta fell on top of, or uh, like fell out, and it looked from like where I was sitting. You know, like I was just like, oh my god, I guess he fell out or something. And then like he stands up, and Orange Cassidy stands up, and I'm not kidding you, me and everyone, we lost it. Like you'd have thought Stone Cold Steve Austin came out. You yeah. know, like it was that. It was that. It was that kind of pop. Orange Cassidy like is that. over like crazy. That's all I'm gonna say. Oh my god, it, it was insane. And then, uh, you it, like the battle royale was good. Uh, and then, oh my god, the um, well, first of all, the John Moxley, he was amazing against Jeff Cobb. That was awesome. And then the inner circle attack, and then the lights. Uh, dim and Darby Allen came out. Darby Allen got a huge pop. Like I lost my voice almost on that one. And then, then you had the one of the best live matches I've ever seen in my life. You know I've said them. First of all, Triple H and the Undertaker at yep. WrestleMania. That was the most incredible live match I've ever seen. Well, one of them now. You know, and then Shane Strickland versus Darius Lockhart. There's yep. other ones I could go on, you know, about. But this one, the tag match, the Lucha Brothers versus Hangman Page and Kenny Omega. And oh my God, they did things I never thought I would see live done in a wrestling ring. It was in fucking incredible. And then, dude, the cage match. Yeah. Cody versus Wardlow. In the cage match, 
That was everything you want in a cage match. And even Cody's dive off of the thing, people that broke his toe. Whatever. Who cares? <laughs> it was amazing. It was amazing. And the fact that I saw your footage from that, and then I saw Jeffrey's footage, and then I saw Blake's footage, and then I saw somebody else's footage, all from different angles, <laughs> and then saw it on TV live was just amazing. Dude, it, it was it was incredible. Like, like even like when he took his belt off, and I was like, I was like, I was like, what is he doing? And then like he looked up at the top, and literally just all of us were just like, oh my god, like like no, no my god, like, and it was just the moment he did it, it was insane. It was so good as a wrestling fan. Yes, and you want to know something? I'm sorry. People could call me biased. People could say whatever they want to or try to convince me otherwise. I don't give a shit. But it is why I say I do not like WWE right now. Because I have not felt that way at a WWE event in a long, long time. I damn near say for over 20 years I've never I have not felt the way that I did at that dynamite show. Yep. Hell, I didn't I never felt that way that I felt at the Ring of Honor show that I was at. And these were all different. And this is why I say that there needs to be different out there people because if you're going to have just WWE then they're going to continue to just give you shit like Gronk coming out there like a dumbass bobblehead doll or some shit. Yeah. Like it was stupid, but that dynamite show, man, that was incredible. I'm glad you got to enjoy it live. I it, saw it on television. It was well, I mean, but then, but then they had the successful pay per view, mm -hmm. and like I feel as though even with this Corona stuff, like like not uh uh AEW is not going to be stopped right no. now. This is going to keep going, and it's and they're going to get even bigger. And by three or four... Five years from now, Tony Khan will be headlining AEW in the Jacksonville Stadium where the Jaguars play. And then he'll be headlining it in even bigger places. Oh, yeah. No, it's coming. It's coming. And it's going to be coming a lot sooner because right now I feel as though they are where they're at. That's why it pains me when people are just like, oh, the booking, this and that. I'm like, dude, I don't care. Like, you need to go see this shit live. Mm -hmm. It was incredible. It had everything. It had the craziness. It had the brawls. You know, it had the out-of-control stuff, even the swerves that we make fun of kind of thing. But it, that's okay. Like, in this case, it was good. It had the interviews and stuff, or the promos, rather. And it had all of that. And then it had the most important part, the pro wrestling. Like, mm -hmm. it had it all. It literally felt like WCW Nitro. Which is good. better. Better. You know, like, ten times better. So... We're going to be right back, though. Uh, I, I, that, that's AEW for now, and I'm going to be talking about that more on this podcast. Trust me, AEW is going to be a huge focus on this podcast. Mm -hmm. uh, so is, uh, you know, the NWA, ROH, all them other places, MLW, all that stuff. But, uh, yeah, we're going to be back with uh, something that's going to be a little different here for the Stovall Nest Wrestling Network, but we're going to be testing it out. It is the Stovall Wrestling Network. Come on back with us. 
What's up, everybody? It is Blake Collins here with Chatter City. We are dropping the 411 on everything sports. It's baseball, football, basketball, anything and everything about sports, even the unique sports as well. Not only that, but we are also going to have spinoff shows related to the unique people within the CSRA area. Talking about music, talking about movies, different things like that. So you do not ever want to miss out on an episode of Chatter City because I guarantee you, you will not only learn something, but you will also have a heyday and a half as well. This is Blake Collins signing off with Chatter City. Have a blessed rest of your day. You're listening to the Stovall Wrestling Network, exclusively on TMB Studios. We are back here on the Stovall Wrestling Network. I'm here with the one and only Chris motherfucking Dickens. What's up, everyone? And we're going to be doing here a little test run here for the Stovall Wrestling Network. Uh, we want to, you know, bring some notoriety to matches people may have forgotten. And, you know, if you're ever wondering, hey, what should I watch or something like that when it comes to wrestling? Well, why not come to here, the Stovall Wrestling Network? Yeah. And, uh, we'll help you out with that. And uh, we're going to do a little watch along here. This is... Uh, this is uh, probably a forgotten pay-per-view, but kind of one that you kind of wonder why they don't bring it back to this day. Uh, in Your House. You remember In Your House, I right? do. I do remember the In Your House pay-per-views. Um, they were really unique. <laughs> each one had its own unique flair to it, uh, but each one was just, you know, it was In Your House. And, and I don't <laughs> know why they don't bring it back, because WWE Network's in everybody's house. Yeah, I know. Like, like, like you would get, you kind of like would wonder like why they wouldn't bring it back like right now, you know, kind of thing. Uh, but yeah, in your house. Um, I remember this pay per view though specifically though, Chris, because this was basically uh, my introduction to the WWE. And what I mean by that is, you know, I had seen WWE superstars at the time. Uh, there was another show that was WWE that I Live saw as wire. well. No, actually, I don't think it was Livewire. I think it was something else at the time. I remember it being called something else. And maybe I could be wrong. Maybe it could have been Livewire. I don't know. But but there was something else at the time. And uh, I saw that. And so like, But I never saw the pay-per-views as a kid because I couldn't stay up late or something right. like that. Blah, blah, blah. But uh, then there was a videotape that my dad had. And it was WWE In Your House... 1995, the very first one, and I remember it vividly. Razor Ramon versus Double J, Jeff Jarrett, Diesel versus Sid, uh, Brett uh, wrestled twice that night, uh, um, Jerry Lawler and uh, Hakushi. <laughs> so, this is uh, funny yeah. to say. Well, dude, I mean, and... Yeah, you know, people might say what they uh, want to about that time and era and everything, but that was awesome to me as a child. Right. You know? So uh, I remember that vividly. Um, I love how I just went into all of that, and this is not what we are watching. <laughs> <laughs> Talk about 95, and we're not even in that year. No, we are not. This is 1997, where the WWE is starting to pick up little bit more attitude. We're not in the right. attitude era. Well, we're kind of in the beginning stages, yeah. basically. And I'll be honest, they had some really good stuff, did they not? They did. It was starting to become a little more realistic. It was starting to be a little more edgier, a little more grittier. And uh, getting away from that whole, uh, let's just make characters 
and instead of just having realistic people in realistic <laughs> settings. Well, so, yeah, but they also were still very much into into stories uh, with everyone, and two of them that they really had was the Undertaker at the time. Anytime the Undertaker was in a story, it didn't matter what it was. It could be the most ridiculous idea, like Buried Alive or the Boiler Room matchup. It did not matter, did not. No, the Undertaker is a phenom for that specific reason. He was always entertaining to watch. It didn't matter what matchup you put him in, whether it had been a Buried Alive, a Boiler Room brawl. He was even part of the first Hell in a Cell um, a lot of match types came from The Undertaker's persona. It didn't matter what you did with The Undertaker. It didn't matter what you did with Mark Calloway in general. <laughs> the guy was gold. And and whoever he worked with, he elevated. He raised a higher level. He was like the yes. red player of the WWE at the time. Yes, absolutely. And, and the guy that he's doing uh, in this pay-per-view is Mankind. And there are... And this paper had some was, great matches through the years. Both of them did. They've had a lot of good matches. A lot of them, if you go and watch them, are not bad. There's nothing bad. There's nothing no. boring about it. It's brutal. Which, you know, people can say, yeah, that's terrible and everything like that. But for The Undertaker and Mankind, it works. It's normal. <laughs> Exactly. Like, Like, if it wasn't brutal, then it would be a letdown. Yeah, Mark Calloway's always been a stiff worker with individuals. And let's face facts, Mick Foley loves pain. He's admitted that. He he thrived on it during his wrestling career, and he felt like... He says he didn't, but I think he's a liar. I think he is a liar. You can look at him, he's smiling in some of the videos, and half the time, (laughs) he's mutilated. It's just like, what are you, well, are you enjoying he, this? Well, because he, he loved the sympathy and everything. Right. And, and I get what he's saying and everything. Um, and he's a genius in that retrospect and for the fact of, you know, he came up with three different characters and all three of them have a different identity. Yeah. Like a clear and different identity. It's amazing. Uh, but this is In Your House, 1997 and... and uh, this pay-per-view is pretty good in general. Gotta be specific. There were a lot of 1997 in your houses. This one is Revenge of the Taker. Yes, in your house, Revenge of the Taker, 1997. And it's a pretty good pay-per-view and everything like that. You've got the Legion of Doom uh, versus Owen Hart and the British Bulldog. The Hart Foundation at the time was beginning to form. Actually, it, uh, basically did form mm-hmm. a couple weeks before that. And, uh, you know, the Legion of Doom... They've never been, I would say, like the best workers or anything like that, you know. And, and with all due respect to them, I think people get what I'm saying there. But, like, I don't think that they've been that. But does it matter? They were the Road Warriors. Right. Know? Like, any time they came to an arena, it didn't matter what era it was, they would get a pop. Oh, yeah. any It didn't matter. Yeah, and uh, rest in peace, you know, uh, Hawk. But uh, this was a very good way to open up this pay-per-view and everything like that. And it involved an attack with Stone Cold and Bret Hart. They attacked Stone Cold uh, earlier here in the night. So uh, that's going to affect our main event, which you'll see coming up. Then you had Rocky Maivia versus Savio Vega. And you had uh, some other stuff. And then you get to the co-main event of this pay-per-view, which is The Undertaker... And Mankind for the WWE Championship. This is our first matchup. And me and Chris here are going to do a little watch-along. So, Chris, are you ready to get this underway, my man? Oh, yeah, I'm ready. 
All right, well, we are at 57.02 here on the WWE Network. Fire up your WWE. I'm not going to be. <laughs> Fire up your WWE Network. Get it on there. Yeah, yeah, we yeah, are I'm not going to do that. We're not <laughs> going to do up. that. No, I will not fall into that. <laughs> Anyways. Uh, but yes, fire up your WWE Network, everyone, and uh, let's get this underway in three, two, one, play. All right, so this we're getting everything underway, which is good. You know, here's the thing too: when you see that shot, right? You see it come into the thing. First of all. You had to open up with, well, it's Doc Hendricks. Like, oh, Jesus. That was the best he could come up with for the Freebird man, Michael Hayes. Like, you know, only one of the greatest minds in wrestling history, and that was yeah. the only thing we could come up with. Speaking speaking of one of the greatest minds, I mean, look at Paul oh, Bearer. Paul Bearer. May he rest in peace. And at the time, Mick Foley, Mankind, he was uh, the manager for Mankind. It's so funny, too, because if you think about it, Mick Foley never needed Paul Bearer. He never did, but it, it just adds a little more essence it, it to did, this feud. Here was the thing. I never liked... I don't know if I ever liked, like, the split of Paul or Paul Bearer and The Undertaker, you know? Yeah. Like, because it, it just it didn't feel right. It just it, it didn't feel right, you know, to me and stuff like that. And that was what I was trying to tell Chris, everyone, was that the... The TV was, was a little loud, loud, but that's okay. You know, <laughs> test run, we figure shit out. <laughs> and here we go, the lights are dimming. I'm just kind of curious. Somebody's on the light board over there hitting the switch up and down, up and down, up and down. Taker's coming out. <laughs> Flip that switch up and down. I wonder if they had to, like, all sign a waiver... What's this, funny is this I'm sitting will there. definitely cause a stroke. <laughs> oh, yeah. When I'm sitting there, I'm, I'm watching this now compared to the day, and you see everybody lighting lighters and everything. Nowadays, it's just cell phone in the air. <laughs> it's still the same. It's though, the same and effect, it's still but. It's so cool. It is. I don't necessarily like it with cell phones as they like, put like the highest beam on it and shit like that. But the Undertaker, man. Dude, seriously, I don't know what it is about Mark Calloway, but when. That music hits, and he comes out in The Undertaker. It's just, like, you know, like, if you look at it, it's almost the most ridiculous, over-the-top character, but it doesn't matter. No. You believe, like, like, like you're just like, oh my god, that motherfucker will fuck you up. Yeah, he's, look, every wrestler he in was every generation. He was his own yeah. horror movie character come to life. It was perfect for him. It was Custom made for him. Well, what really put him over the top, though, I feel like, and a lot of people, you know, kind of say that, like, he never really got his just due as the champion, which it's funny because he's the champion going in and, uh, into this matchup and everything like that. Right. But people say that he didn't really get his just due or whatnot. I'm like, I kind of disagree with that in ways because that cane. Look how fast he went in the ring and went right for Mick. Here they go. Punches. And uh, is that Mick Earl? Is doing, Mick is doing his. I die! I die! I die! <laughs> sound like he's from Japan. I've never understood that. But then look at that! 
fierce what? those punches from Mark are. See, see what, see when I like was doing my stuff in the ring. That's how I like. He is. See, he's one of those that people need to look at for punches. Stone Cold Steve Austin and Scott Hall. Yeah, we really knew how to throw him. Look at that. And it look, is that Taker's got his eye, uh, that little mask over his eye right there? No, I know what this is. So basically, uh, the a raw before this. Like, I think literally this Raw before this, The Undertaker uh, had fire thrown in his eyes by mankind. That was when they were, that was when they started watching ECW and realized we should start start doing things like this. We should do some of those stuff, not all of that stuff. Look at that. He lands on his feet. After being clotheslined over the top rope. And mankind, Mick Foley, always able to sell everything. Well, there's not much, there's not much need. To sell because it pretty much just says it all right yeah. there. Look at it, and he's gonna do it he's again. Slinging him right into that guardrail. Oh my and God. this is when the WWE had the uh, the metal guardrails, which yeah, uh, no. <laughs> I, I miss those things. Now when they get thrown into, I was like they hit the padding on the outside. Well, I mean, I don't really care either way. Like I think it looks cool either way. Yeah, but, but I, I like I, this I old gritty saying. look. Uh, this looks like professional wrestling, and the WWE of today looks like, you know, I, I, and I understand safety first, but <laughs> Jesus, how much padding can you have? Well, it's not just that. I also think it has to do with the fans itself. Like they have to have a clear cut, you know, cut off. Yeah. Thing like that, and it's hard to move those things. But I get what you're saying. But they still do a lot of those spots, and here they go. They're battling into the crowd. Now, I want to point out, though, for the fact of, like, for all of the guys who are critical of wrestling matches, which I never understand why, but here's the thing. This matchup is not a no-disqualification matchup. It is not a Falls Count Anywhere matchup. It has not been labeled anything like that. It's supposed to be a regular WWE championship matchup. But you see here, they're battling out into the crowd. You know, they're breaking the rules clearly I guess you know you could make that argument of well the referee just is not going to let it's not going to get in the middle of these two because he knows that they're going to do it anyway so why even try to put that on but it's like here's my thing does it really matter when it works yeah I mean it just works and and he's out there doing the 10 count so I mean in general I did notice that and that's because Taker is a pro yeah, so hey, these shoulder thrusts right here. Undertaker is just always like, yeah, this is just a work of art. Right it now. is, and here he goes, his usual old school, climbing the top rope and walking it. Yes, but his mankind got to cut him off. Oh, he oh, didn't he cut him away. off, but he came back. He look at that. He switched it up. He had to clothesline him. It looked even better, to be quite honest. Yeah, it didn't look like a little work spot. It looked like, know- I ain't doing this. No, you're doing it. And you notice that, like, <laughs> did you notice, like, 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 look at the look of Taker right now. This is when he was, like, like, it was like he became straight satanic. Does anyone realize that, like, looking back on it? Yeah. Like, he literally, like, sacrificed the dude. Oh, he hit him in the head with the urn. Oh, here's the cover. Kick out from the taker, and the fans lose their minds. 
and Mick starts pulling out his hair. Sad thing is, is that Mick Foley understood character. He did, and and what's even worse is I always wondered if that was his real hair. <laughs> Parts times it wasn't. Um, I think it was. To be Sometimes it was, but then there were times where he had uh, like a. A similar wig underneath, and he would Maybe just. Maybe they like realize that, like, oh wait a minute, this dude's actually, this motherfucker's actually pulling out his hair. Yeah, so, so why don't we actually just make him a wig there and be like Mick? Just wear oh, this. Oh, running knee. <laughs> That's a trademark Mick Foley. It is. He yeah. did that with every character. It didn't matter. Like yeah. every character had their same moves, but it didn't matter. Just as long as the personality was separated. I always loved how, like, on. Uh, uh, what was it? WrestleMania 2000. They had Mick Foley. Like, they had all four of his characters on there. Yeah. They had him, Mick Foley, and then they had... Do Love. Cat is Jack and Mankind. Yep. They even released a whole video called The Three Faces of Foley that disclosed every single persona. Yeah. It was great. He's one. Of, he was one of those multi-talented people that... As much as, like, he was utilized with WWE, I still don't think that... They, like, I, I, I always thought that that Hell in a Cell moment that he had with Triple H should have been at WrestleMania. Yes. Should have been. Because, to me, like, I agree that he lost. That's one of those times where it's like, yes, you lost, and you end your career, and you ended at WrestleMania. It, it would be the perfect send-off, because he didn't care about winning the title like that. He already won the title. Mm-hmm. It was like He, he just wanted the way out. So, like, if he had had that, he would have been satisfied. Now, I liked him coming back as, like, the general manager and stuff like that, but... Or the commissioner. Oh, <laughs> With yeah. the shirt that uh, it's too long to spell out, so it dropped And down. that is... Final! Like, I love that stuff. Yeah, that was great. But I always thought that, like, No Way Out should have been WrestleMania. Because WrestleMania that year, besides the uh, Jeff Hardy thing, that's fucking sucked. If you go back and look at it. Right now. Yeah, right now, Big Foley, they're in a, uh, in the wrestling business, we call a rest spot. Uh, <laughs> basically got him in a chin lock, it looks like. Well, people say that like it's a bad thing. Does it really matter? Like no, it's it doesn't. It's psychology one on one. Exactly. And you see Paul Bear on the outside, kind of giving uh, direction to mankind, and the Taker is uh, trying to make There's it to the ropes. There's another guy that was so good at a promo. Oh yeah, the man was amazing. I love. I even love him as Percy Pringle because he had that like weird laugh. He's like, <laughs> like yeah, Taker <laughs> fighting back with thrust to the. Ooh. Thrust oh, to the nice. gut and then uh, uppercut. Here we go. Oh, oh through God. the bottom rope. <laughs> Hit him so hard he fell through the oh, bottom rope. Oh, my God. <laughs> that was a terrible... It was an awful... Bu- it was awesome bump but to was watch, awful. but it was awful to Just take. knowing, just knowing what it feels like inside of one of those rings. And this is an old WWF ring that didn't have no gif. So you know it hurt. Yeah, back in the day, those rings, like, didn't... Because, like, cause, like, back in the day, rings would, like, they were echo stiff. throughout the arena when they hit them. Remember that? Oh, yeah. Oh, shit. Oh, shit. He just hit it with a foreign object. How is that not a disqualification? 
I don't really care. I'm I, I, I'm glad it's not. Yeah, are we gonna see something we don't usually see these days? Are we gonna see some blood? <laughs> um, I don't I don't remember if you do or not. We'll find matchup. out in a minute. I've That's... seen this matchup before. He's got a chair, but like, it's still so good. Here comes the chair. So that was oh. oh my god, right in the head. You don't see that anymore. Well, except in AEW. See, I can't really. Eh, sometimes, yeah. Sometimes. But, like, I can't really blame uh, people for outlawing that. I mean, because... Yeah, because of concussions and stuff. Yeah. You know, it's like... It's not about how they feel at the time. It's also about, like, hey, you know, you get hit in the head that much over time. The brain is like, hey, I'm kind of done. Yeah. That's what happened to me. Everybody got chair happy, especially... uh, James Houston. No, they didn't need the chair for that. Oh, ha, 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 ha. <laughs> we got Undertaker laying oh, outside the minute. ring. I know it's about to happen. Oh, my God. He's about to go up to the second row. This is going to really hurt. He's going to Jimmy Snooker this? Hell, yeah, he is. Elbows. Ooh. Awesome. And there was only a little bit of padding on the floor out there, if you even call it that. So here's my question, like like watching this stuff and like, you know, with Austin and Brett happening with the Heart Foundation and stuff, like, is this when Russo took over as as head booker or like is he still working his way through? I think he's still working his way through. Um I don't think he actually came into uh like becoming uh one of the members of the writing staff until he had very to late have had because 97. because like a lot of 97 has finger... Like, I can see his fingerprints on stuff. Yeah, but I think he started influencing, but he wasn't full-blown until, like, right near the tail end well, of 97. Well, that's kind of what it meant, like, like, you know... And I don't know if he was ever really head creator. No. The head creator is Vince McMahon. <laughs> we all know this. Well, yeah. Here's the thing, is... It wasn't just a Vince Russo thing. It was a lot of these guys. Oh, ooh, that's just disgusting. A lot of these guys who were uh, talent. Fry an egg on that shit. <laughs> <laughs> if you're wondering what we're talking about, we're talking about Taker's uh, right eye. It was just highly disgusting. But it's amazing <laughs> what prosthetics can do. And they hardly yeah. use that anymore, which is. Which you, which I find weird because it's like you know you're basically a Hollywood. Hell yeah! Ooh. Now see, he never did a pile driver the way you're supposed to do. Pile never. Driver. His always looked like his could literally break your neck. Yeah, he always pulled from their uh, pants or tights. But this just you know, all choked up there a little bit. <laughs> You'll be all right. It's just The Undertaker's face. It's not going to hurt you. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> you know whole, the whole thing came off. That's why I was like... <coughs> I know it's gross. It's okay. Don't throw up on me. <laughs> oh! Another one. And just like Chris Dickens, Big Foley has to pull his pants up every five seconds. <laughs> Sorry. It's something that I noticed. Not relic out there. Oh Jesus! No, no, not relic. What? What was your Riddick? Yeah, Riddick. Close enough. They were both shitty ideas. (laughs) These rights. I mean, I get it. Relic Killick's 
your killer spelled backwards, but like that should have been reserved for someone else. That's a different story for a different. Anyhow, we're we're watching WWF right now, but not the World well, Wildlife see, Foundation. I mean, here's the thing, and I can't like I like this from WWE. Like it's like why don't we see this kind of stuff? I'm not talking about the stupid, over the top edgy shit you know that they attempt well I'm we just see good action stuff. like exactly. this exactly that's exactly what i'm talking about even during their and pay-per-views now say, they don't do it and well you know and there are certain points that we get it nxt you get it a lot but well that's raw, because who's running nxt a wrestler triple h bingo well and here's the thing vince mcmahon was perfect for the attitude era he is not perfect for today's world. No. But here we go. All right. The Irish whip reversal. And here comes the Undertaker. Oh, and oh, of course. Oh, the ref bump. It's a ref bump, people. Earl Hebner was great at those. <laughs> Actually, I think that's Mike Kyoto. Are you sure it's Mike Kyoto? It like Earl Hebner. They are watching this from like a small-ass TV. Excuse me. We're starting off as testing. I'm not fuck. broke. Trust me, we'll upgrade later. Somebody's going to be like, why don't you just watch it on the computer? Or on your phone? You know, I was just thinking the same thing since the computer is right there and we so could have done that. We're also recording on the computer that's right there. Yeah, but you can minimize that and then have the thing blown up on the screen. This is fine. <laughs> she complains about everything. <laughs> Jesus. You imagine back in the day that this was what you were watching it on to begin with, and it was uh, 480p. I've got Seriously, the other TV over you know there. To... We're going to do that when the Austin match happens. Hold on, we're going to stick with this right here. <laughs> this is gonna be okay, fine. cool. I just wanted to piss him off more. Here we go. Well, now the referee's out, so now we can just break we, all yeah, the rules. Yeah, we just break everything in steel chairs, steel never steps. I that because, you know, now. Take it, her back up. A drop kick. That was the. <laughs> I love the Undertaker, but that was the worst drop kick I've ever seen in my it life. It was, but he was probably like, "Oh wait a minute, he's got stairs." And he's holding them over his head. And I think of which Mitch, of which Mick was not powerful whatsoever. No. Here we go. Those ropes are so loose back then. Dude, I remember. Oh. oh. Awesome. The chair shot right to the head. These two are just putting on an awesome fucking match. They are. And they have never had a bad why match. This was not the main event. Well, it's because you have Stone Cold and Bret Hart. Kick it hard enough in the side to vibrate the chair. And I think it's okay in this instance. Like, in your house, you don't actually need the title as... No, oh, he's caught up in the ropes time. now. The mask is off. Yeah, they just took his fucking mask off. It's not like it was like a mask that would cover his face or whatnot, but... It was his personality, though, the persona... Just so to speak. Yeah, but it wasn't like a luch door or anything. <laughs> Boom. Oh, oh my god! What a move! Oh! Back before oh! 
WWF had an actual collapsible announce table. Oh my god! Had an actual table, and he went through it head first. He went legit head first. I mean, folks, you're you're watching this for yourself. He literally created a hole in the table. That was awesome. He's not moving. This is a precursor to uh, later on when he puts a hole through the hell in the cell. Pretty much. Jesus. That was awesome. Did these two, like, just not have awesome chemistry they with did. each other? They did. Actually, what? I think they wanted to kill each other. Probably. It wouldn't surprise oh, here me. Here it is. Here's the replay! Dude, Jesus. dude, dude. Did you hear him, like, hit, like, hit it? Chokeslam! Boom! Beautiful. And look Kicked at who it out. is. What I tell you, that is fucking Kyoto. Is it Kyoto? Yes. Only a Kyoto hits the mat that hard. Whatever happened to him? He retired. He's still there at WWE, you moron. I don't ever see him. He's there every single week. I wouldn't know. I don't watch him all the time. I don't know. I see. I see Antron all the time. Tombstone. Got him! Three count over and Undertaker. Look at Paul Bearer. <laughs> He's the only person I know that has those kind of like face mannerisms that just yeah, drive you Paul crazy. Yeah, Paul Bearer was another one of those guys that just knew what uh -oh. to do. Lights out. Speaking of, wait, what's going to happen here? Remember, we're starting to be in the Vince Russo era. It's always a swerve. It's a <laughs> or swerve. Some, or... <laughs> Or some crazy shit supposed to happen. We are, though, in the midst of the Vince Russo era. He came in right after that fucking stupid JR angle. He's going for Paul Bear. Here he goes. Look at Paul Barrow being the fat, sleazy manager. Oh, he's chasing him into the ring. That's the worst place to go to. That's the worst place to go with the Undertaker. Yep, the got fans him. are eating this up. Of course, because this mix is... up. Oh, wait a minute! He's got the flames. Oh, no, he doesn't. And then, what is going on? And it looks like there is a problem, and that's because there is. They can't get the fire to work. You can clearly see yeah. it. Look at them. Like, God damn it, this is the whole point of this. Wouldn't that be funny if, like, if like they never actually got it, and they were like, the whole point of this was... Just to launch a fireball. So this whole matchup didn't mean a goddamn thing if, if, the, if this one ball of fire doesn't work. So what is it going to do? Well, the Undertaker's just going to lie to himself. This is awkward, by right now. Like, yeah, it's so awkward. But Undertaker, he's still selling it. Look at this. Oh my god. Oh my god. I don't know. If that was. That was. That was risky as fuck. That was crazy. I don't know if I'd have trusted him on that. Look at look at Mark. 
He's just Mark like Mark Calloway what just looks like he's in the cradle of filth. <laughs> like he like, looks like where Alistair Black needs to be these days. Don't even get me started on that. <laughs> you okay, Paul? You okay, Paul? Paul! Oh my God, Murphy's! Murphy's! <laughs> Look at Vince. Is that Vince? No. That's... No, that's it's um. Oh, Mr. Mike. <laughs> like my. <laughs> I got him, Mr. McMahon. Hold on, I'm gonna check on him. <laughs> Mr. McMahon. Paul, how's your face? My face, you fucking moron! <laughs> Mr. McMahon, we're gonna need a goddamn doctor. <laughs> I hope you got your insurance in check. Look at Undertaker. <laughs> but that but here's the thing, like, I get what they were setting up because like it's it's he's looking at himself like he doesn't even, you know, know what he did. Yeah. Oh wait a minute. He's a classic. Shh. Hang on. The World Wrestling Federation coming to a town near you with all of this action. And all of these superstars, half of them in this little package right here, don't fucking do shit. <laughs> Actually, a lot of those people did. Uh, and that's the next one live, May 11th. Yeah, in your house. Doc oh, Hendricks! Well. <laughs> He's talking to Bret Hart and two members behind him that I miss dearly, Owen Hart and the British Bulldog. Owen Hart left us way too soon, mm -hmm. and then, you know, British Bulldog, uh, I think, I think he should have been bigger than what he, he was. He was underutilized. He really was. Well, I don't know if that was necessarily their fault, or, you know, it could have been his fault as well. It could have been, because... You never know, what's, you never know what was going on behind mm -hmm. the scenes. But here is a guy that talked like this in every promo that he did... Really had no personalities, but it fucking awesome. This <laughs> Bret Hart. <laughs> I made Chris choke on that one. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what did Bill say about him the other day? About Bret Hart? Yeah. He was self-glorifying and uh, just basically everything was about him. He was listening to the podcast uh, with him and Stone Cold, and all he could do was talk about how things affected him and what this did for him and he yeah didn't care about anybody else in his career yeah he might have taken himself a little too serious you think <laughs> like i mean like if you think about it the montreal screw job sounds like the most ridiculous idea does it not yeah. like i mean think about it like the guy's not going to drop the title on his last night out like like, it doesn't even matter. <laughs> you know? Yeah. The best there is, the best there was, the best there ever will be. Then there was better than you, Brett. Well, he... He did have a lot of damn good matches, though. He's a technical wrestler, but other than that, I mean, as far as personality-wise... He did hit a home run, though, with the Hart Foundation, though. That he did. 
But that that's when you had the personalities that shine through. Yeah. Brett by himself is just technical wrestler with no personality, no charisma. He keeps like saying that like WCW didn't know what to do with him and I mean, that may or may not be true, but it sounded like it didn't matter what they said to him. Yeah. You know, like 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 he had nothing but bad things to say about them and I was like, "Really?" Here's the thing, the best thing he ever did in WCW was putting that freaking uh what was it? That sign underneath his chest where Goldberg went to spirit and he hit it. Do people actually like that? People or? love that. It was ingenious and it made sense. It was like a smart thing, something you never saw Brett do, but it just made logical sense. How do you take out somebody who does like spears and he always goes in head first, doesn't think about what he's doing? Yeah, I mean, it is, I guess. Gorilla Monsoon sending British Bulldog and Owen Hart There's a guy out of the ring. Side area, sending them backstage. Bulldog and Owen were so good. They were talking to the camera. You don't see that no more either. Well, I like, though, that you don't... Well, I like it when it's necessary, and then, like, I like it when it, it definitely is not necessary. This is the way I, WWE I always feel is, like you should never address the camera. Yeah, well, it's just WWE these days is everything is production, 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 and it has to look like television. It has to look and like television. Look at that. Stone Cold on on really bad poster board. <laughs> yeah, this is when though he's starting to get that stardom. They had the really cheap entrance ways. <laughs> well, that's because, like, you can tell at this time that WCW was killing him. Yeah. Well, I mean, they had that to begin Here with. Here we go. So, I'm going to tell you, like, while this matchup begins right here, and these two are just slugging it out right now. Like, I'm going to say this right now. Like, I love the WrestleMania 13 matchup, and I love the Survivor Series 96 matchup. Both of those were classic matches. But I love this matchup. This is one of my favorite matches right here from the two of them. Yeah. Like, as far as all time, I will definitely say 13. No, oh, yeah. Without a doubt. That's what set Stone Cold in the motion. But this matchup, for me, is just awesome for some reason. Like it is. When I, a, like, when I watched this, I was like, I was like, this is awesome. This is a wrestler's dream match right here. Everything well, is Well, you'll see why. Like, like you'll see why as, like, the match goes on. We've already seen a lot of good psychology in it so far. The back elbow from Austin, the stomp to the chest, through the legs, and now utilizing the ropes. And there's Earl Hebner, finally. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> Earl Hebner and Bret Hart are synonymous with each other now, and there's no going back from that. Oh, look at that. It's sad. Earl's embraced it. <laughs> He's even selling merch with it. Yeah, I know. March. I'm not doing that right <laughs> now. The oh. stairs get more... Yeah, but here's the thing. Bret Hart, when he would go into the stairs, would just ram the shit out of mm-hmm. him. <laughs> like... Now, see, dude, that's the thing, though. Bret would fucking sell his ass off in whatever it was. Like, I always 
loved him in a matchup. Like, watching him is like poetry in motion it is. in the ring. Look at Austin <laughs> mocking Brett. Talk, well, of course. You can talk about, you know, technical all you want to, but you still have to be able to tell a story. I don't know. I, I, like, I never really understand what that means in wrestling because it's like technical. I get what you're saying, but like, you still have to be able to tell a story. Yeah. And Brett could always do that. Brett's, of course. Brett's had some great matches. And you can tell that there's a lot of uh, bad blood between Austin and Brett Hitman Hart in this matchup just by the physicality that they're uh, showcasing on each other. Well, they had a great rivalry. And threw him over the barricade there into and the open two, pit these area. These two are another. Oh, double axe handle. You can barely see that. that these days. I haven't seen a double axe handle in a because long nobody's time. Nobody's that creative anymore. Mm-mm. Everybody thinks that like you have to go not not see like if that was in today's world, and you know how much I love AEW right now. But like if that was in today's world, it would be like. They go up to that thing in Hurricane Rana, someone yeah. off of it, or like fucking 450. Deep frog splash, you know, or like or a shooting star press. corkscrew, or some shit. Like I'm gonna that. ricochet this bitch. <laughs> like, but that's why you don't see that. And that's why I understand, like, why people get upset when it comes to those types of spots. Look at Austin. Double fingers. Oh, see, beautiful Austin elbow at this drop. Point, Austin at this point knew who he was. He, he got it. He was like, no, nah, I get where I'm supposed to go. Yeah, he finally, you know, attached this character, understood it, and all the years of pent-up anger and frustration just finally came out of him, and Stone Cold became Stone Cold. Which, you know, he, he everyone always says that, you know, or, well, like, he, it's funny that, like, he was so pissed off that WCW didn't use him right, and then it's like... <laughs> Actually, it actually was a good thing. Yeah. He became the greatest wrestler of all time in a lot of people's eyes. He became synonymous well, with... you have to... You kind of really have to say that he was because yeah, if you think about it... Yeah, here's another ref bump. <laughs> and that was from the back. I don't know how bag. I feel about that going in with like oh, two bad different knee. matches in one. You know what I'm saying? But then again, who really cares? It's kind of making sense right here because he's utilizing that well, chair. Well, it makes Hardy sense is. in the Undertaker and Mankind's match. But there we go, the knee brace. And I can hear Jim time. Ross's voice. I always thought that like Stone Cold, like, was killed after WrestleMania 17. Because he turned heel, and he shouldn't have. He turned heel. But, and here's the thing. He could have turned heel, but the problem was, was The Rock went to go do the Scorpion King. And he had no foil at right. that point. Until The Rock came back, and they already had that big but they weren't doing. But they weren't doing that No, the they were doing they were the doing invasion angle. stupid invasion angle, and I was just like... If y'all are going to end this, you might as well just end it with The Rock and Austin, since Austin is on the invasion. And, and they kind of did, to a degree. But then right afterward, no, they, they retconned didn't. Austin. No, they didn't. I mean, if you look at it, Austin going to the... Um, and we should be talking about this match, not this, but Austin going to the Alliance was actually <laughs> a Steve Austin move. 
go against Vince McMahon. It made sense, but... No, it didn't. It, it, it did, but it, it didn't. None of it but made any I'm sense. I'm glad they retconned it after the fact. It had him go back to being... It didn't make sense for the fact of he wasn't WCW. He was clearly WWF. Right. Well, actually, and that I think was, it was the whole point. I don't think it was he joined WCW. I think he was more lines of... He was it used... Still, it doesn't matter. The no. point is, is it was stupid. It was stupid. It was. It should not have happened. He should not have turned heel. He should have been a tweener like he always has been. And he could have just came in. And he shouldn't have raised hell the way he did. He should have been yeah. more silent about yeah. it. Yeah. Look at this. I like this. Uh, I've always liked this move from Brett. The uh, sharpshooter on the corner. And the ring post on the outside. Except it's illegal. It is illegal, but look at... And there's no counting involved. Because he knows that he can't count because they're going to just have it there anyway. I don't even know if Earl could count. <laughs> That's just not right. <laughs> oh, oh! Cher! Twice to the knee. Three times. This is not a no disqualification matchup, by the way. Is it? Or no, is it it's not? not? It's really not. We're allowing everything to happen. Well, again, you know, I, I, but I don't care. I don't mind. It doesn't matter. It's it, the psychology is too great. Yeah, but here's the thing. Like, people say, you know, psychology, but psychology can be whatever you need it to Ugh. be. Like, psychology is what works for you and, and when you put, like, okay, for example, like the Bucks. Like, people say they don't have psychology. No, they have psychology in their own way. Yeah. They've turned, they've turned their spots into psychology, whereas people who usually do that have not. You know, like, Austin Austin was not a technical wrestler. No. Like, like, if you've seen everything that he has done has been simple. It didn't matter. It was what his character is all about. Mm-hmm. And it made him the biggest thing of all time. Yes, Everybody did. wanted to see Austin. Everybody wanted to see him fight. And this is just the building blocks to that Steve Austin character in WWE. He wouldn't have been made, though, had it not been for Bret Hart. No. Bret Hart helped make him. Shawn Michaels helped build him. Wait a minute, what we got Shawn going on backstage? Michaels, I don't. Oh, that's Paul. Oh, that's Paul Barrow. Yeah, that's Paul Barrow. Load right him up there. into the. Into no, the no, hang on, hang on. This is actually. See, see, this is actually good stuff. And this is good stuff going on in the ring. Yeah, it took that For knee brace off. For some reason, Vince Russo. If you go and you look at every show that Vince Russo has been involved in whether it's from WWE, WCW, or TNA. He loves this, like, constant, fast style. Get what I'm... Yeah, go from one thing to the next, to the next, to the next, to the next. Make sure you're always checking on something more than once, twice, three times over. Yeah, and the problem is, is, like, with Vince McMahon, Vince McMahon was able to, like, not have it overkill. It, it worked. Everything that see everything that they did, pretty much in the Attitude Era worked. It might not work looking back at it, but at the time it did. But then you go, but then like you try to do it with WCW, 
and it didn't come across as that good. It didn't fit with WCW. Can you imagine if WWE brought Vince Russo back? I mean, could it be any worse? I don't know. They brought back uh... a first. You know, here's the thing: we give Vince Russo shit so much. But when you see stuff like this, it's like, wow, this stuff's actually good. As long as he had a filter to go through. Yeah, exactly. And some of the stuff that he attempted to do was good. And again, that has a lot to do with talent. Yeah, and you've got two guys that are in creative right now in WWE that are, are even bigger filters and bigger advocates for Vince Russo. you got uh, Bruce Pritchard and Jeff Jarrett. Who both have worked with him. Bruce Pritchard will not advocate for Vince Russo. He never said anything bad against him. Like, like really, really bad. Not like uh, Eric Bischoff. No, not Bischoff. Well, Bischoff Bischoff fucking hates him. Yeah, well, I was actually thinking more Jim Cornette. Oh, God. Your favorite. Oh, Jimmy boy. (laughs) Jim Cornette ever got his hands on him? Oh, man. Jim Cornette well, was is... actually part of the booking committee during this time. Yeah, no, this was when like they tried to get along, and at first they did get along. Remember? Yeah, Jim Cornette almost hated everybody. In, uh... I think Jim Cornette hates anything that's out of the box. Yeah, and that if it, he it, didn't come up with. If it, if it's not pro wrestling, you don't like it. I mean, or it's not NWA. Oh God, the NWA clearly shot like, it like, out. like like look at what the NWA does today, and look at what he says, you know. Yeah. About it, but look at this. This matchup right now has is I like this matchup a lot. There's a lot of good psychology going on right now. Austin selling that leg after the knee brace was taken off. Brett just going after it. Nope. Oh. And the net breaker on the rope. And that's very limited use these days. Got used quite a bit back then. Was he going to go for a suplex over the top rope? To the outside. Oh, blocked. You're coming in the hard way. I'm not selling that, but you'll sell that. And look at I like it. Did you see how he snapped it and then popped back with it real quick? Yeah. Perfect style. Hey, man, Brett was amazing. You have to give Brett his due. I get that, you know, he might not have like and I get and I I got that from his interview too, like like he did with Stone Cold, but I've said it like these two had amazing chemistry with They each did. Other. And and seeing Brett Hart so put on a Shawn figure Michaels for a leg lock. Hart. Now here's the thing. Back then you see Bret Hart put a figure four leg lock on a wrestler or anybody put a figure four leg lock. You instantly go to Ric Flair and you think it's a knock on him back then. It was like a slap to the face. Nowadays, we don't think twice about it. But back then, it was like, hey, you're you're making fun of Ric Flair. You're sitting, uh, you know, shooting bullets at WCW. And, and that's what anybody of our age group would have thought yeah, back then. Yeah, but Brett used the figure four a lot. He did. He also used the DDT a lot. Like, he used a lot of moves, like, you know, not as finishers. Like, they were doing that back in the 90s, basically. Yeah. That's why when people say, like, 
that about moves today, I'm like, well, uh, does it really matter? It doesn't matter anymore. Every you, every move has been done unless you get really creative. He shot the bird, the Earl. Oh yeah, I always loved that. Austin when he did stuff like that. Bucking authority. Well, you oh, know, backing up. Just the, like, oh, well, just like Michaels, it's the little things that Austin did that always made him so badass. Mm-hmm. Here we go again. He's and trying to fight. People say it. that he like some people like Jeff Jarrett came out. I think around not this time, but he does come out around like '97. He comes back to WWE, and that well, here they go. They're on the outside again. I wish that they would do that more today in WWE. Like, like shouldn't they be like more crowd interactive? Yeah. Back on right over the barricade. But you were saying Jeff Jarrett came back in 97. And, and he, like, tried to do, like, this shoot-style promo because in Vince Russo, everyone has to do a shoot promo. Yeah. And he comes in, and it was the most boring fucking shoot promo ever. But he was talking about how Austin had to use the bird and use colorful language to get over. And I'm like, yeah, but see, here was the brilliance in Austin. He didn't... He didn't say it just to say it. He did it when it would generate a reaction. Yeah, whenever the emotional status that he was trying to uh, emphasize would come through. And like, because if you think about it, like in ECW, like the franchise cussed almost every single promo. So did Taz. That's not what got them over. No, that's not what got their catchphrases over. Just because you cuss doesn't mean that you get over. It's the way that you do it. And that's why Austin got so over with those catchphrases. It's just because of the way he would deliver it. And it and it was organic. Ooh! Oh, the trademark Bret Hart Stern first. Into, into the, the turnbuckle, yeah. It still looks painful even to this day. It's because he was the master at it. But you do have to give him credit, which, I mean... I'd love to check the facts on it, but uh, I agree with him. Stone Cold with punches. His punches always look like, and which he was, he was potatoing the fuck out of people. <laughs> he even admits it. Yeah, he was stiff with a lot of people. He wanted to see how tough they were. Hey, you know, who? Can, I mean, if that's the way you want to work, work that way. Yeah. But know that you could get it back. And if you get it back, then you're like, okay, well, then I need to ease up on that guy. And here comes a little bit of old school right here. The bumping jumps. When utilized right, it makes perfect sense. It shouldn't be the start of a damn He's match, going though. for the pile driver. Oh, his leg gave way. Oh, okay, see? Psychology 101. Yeah. So good. It's just. Didn't I tell you this match was awesome? Oh, yeah, this match is awesome. If they, they didn't have this as awesome chance back in the day, uh-uh. which was so much better. That's the one thing I'll say I hate TNA for is the this is awesome chance. Because it came from TNA. We all know this. Well, yeah. I mean, I get it. Well, I think it also came from Ring of Honor, too. Ring of Honor started having this is awesome chance. I thought it was the TNA that really started. Oh yeah, it, it started. It was in this Orlando. Awesome. That was where I remember hearing it first. 
Brett punching at that leg. I mean, but... Because I don't really get, like... Okay, I get it. You know, people get that this is awesome, but you don't need to tell me that it's awesome. No. I can tell something is awesome because you're getting into it. All you need to do is cheer. That's it. But that's the new age of wrestling fans, so that's what you got to get used to. There's a move that Austin reverses. Austin's still walking that line of tweener right here, though. Yeah, he doesn't know which side he needs to be on. They tried to make him a heel, and they tried to put him up against Brett and make Brett, um, you know, the face. No, uh-uh. This was when this was when Brett came back. No, Is this it? was no, uh-uh. This was after WrestleMania 13. Oh, low blow by Brett. See. This is this was so after. Brett was the heel and Austin was yes. slowly going. This is like Austin was still like is still even teetering there. Like he's not necessarily baby, but he's definitely not a heel at this point. Like, cause he even kept saying he's like I don't want to turn baby. He fought it and fought it and then he was like okay I got it. <laughs> Still be yourself and be the anti-hero, so to speak. But this was well, at a time where... Well, that's what he was yeah. all the time. Well, this is at a time where, you know, the anti-hero was the everything. The, the late 90s, even in uh, media, Spawn, anti-hero. Uh, oh, you my had, God, Spawn. You had a lot, of, uh, a lot of that where the hero was the bad guy or should have been a bad guy back in the day. That's because, like, a lot of it, it, and you even see it with uh, Marvel heroes and and even DC heroes today, it's like, it's always, like, these rich, huge, like, people that can afford, like, stuff that get these powers, and it's like, when's the everyday common man gonna get yeah. it? Austin just used the uh, knee brace and smacked Brett in the head and oh, put Austin. the sharpshooter on! The crowd's going nuts. Look at this. That's what they don't have in WWE these days. Mm-mm. Crowd size was a lot smaller, too. Yeah, but I feel as though they should use like a lot of those arenas for today. Wait, like, here like comes Owen. Raw. Boom! Here we go. Bulldog. Bulldog and on hard! Oh, my God! I, can't. I just wanted to do that. Look Here goes that. the referees. Here they come. But we're not going to throw this match out just yet. We have to have well, a winner, I go guess. Go back again. No one made that stipulation, but here we go. He's going to do it again. Sharpshooter again. They're making, like, some sort of storyline, too, because, like, they've got Monday Night Raw the very next night. Yep, so they got to have something to work with. And then, uh-oh, here comes the chair. And now And now we disqualify. Well, that's because, <laughs> yeah, it's pretty much done at this point. Like, it was okay if, like, the two tried to settle it. I got him, Mr. McMahon. <laughs> See a blue jacket. Well, then that would be Pat Patterson. Yep, that's Pat. Hey, Gerald. That's Pat, which, hey, come on. In this era... 
there was no better finish guy than Pat Patterson. Pat Patterson could do a finish and it would make sense. And, so and Austin yes, wins via well, disqualification. Austin wins via disqualification, but they're going to have a street fight the very next night on Raw, which is amazing, by the way. If anyone has not seen that Raw, I would encourage you to go do that. But that were the two matches that I really wanted you to see. And, Chris, you kind of see why I said these two matches, right? Yeah. They, they're, were they not awesome? They are awesome. But, wait, we've got Brett with the ring oh, bell. Oh, still got more. He's got the ring bell. He's Here going he after Austin. Oh! Oh, Austin. No, he blocked it. Oh, he's going after the leg. Yeah, he is going to destroy him. Sharp oh, he's going to put the sharpshooter on him again. This is awesome. This is good stuff. Oh, yeah. Because here's the thing. Austin's not acting like a, like a baby face wouldn't do that. No. But it's getting over with the fans like it crazy. Well, it didn't matter. Even in, I mean... I mean, like, Brett's been, a, uh, you know, talking shit about America at this point, so. Yeah. You know. And now everyone is, yeah, everyone is hurt. Everyone's hurt. And both on one leg, so the street fight on Monday Night Raw is pretty much on even playing grounds. I don't care. This is good stuff, is it not? Mm, it's awesome. Even just this extra stuff. I'm okay with this kind of stuff. When it makes sense. Now, if this was a hell in a cell and they tried to do it, I'd be like, fuck that. This doesn't end. Yeah, no, it's not disqualification. What are you doing? And they've done that recently on WWE programming. Yeah, they did a the hell in a cell disqualification. What the hell? Why? There's Austin with his arms raised. Bad leg and all, still climbing the top row. Well, we gotta leave the people happy, so that leaves them happy. He didn't, you know, he didn't win, but he didn't lose. It's okay to do it in this instance. This isn't a big pay per view like that, you know. This is more for. Just building up a story. Exactly. It's okay to do it in that instance. You know? Plus, it sets us up for tomorrow night. And at this point, they were in the Monday Night Wars. And let's face yep. it, they give WCW shit for... Uh, uh, what's it called? Um, putting the big time matches on TV. Yeah, like, like, like they gave WCW shit. They did the exact same fucking thing on Raws. I mean, you had Stone Cold versus The Rock on Raw one time. Oh yeah. Like, if you're gonna tell me that that is not a big time match to put on Raw, like, you're just fucking stupid, you know. But that was in your house, 1997 Revenge of Taker. Chris, you see why I picked these. Yeah, Two matches though, both right? of them had great psychology, great talent in the ring with both of them, Undertaker and Mankind, Steve Austin and Bret Hart, and and it just well, I just liked it because it great too, it, it did, didn't look like an athletic like 
choreographed. Yeah, it didn't look like a choreographed who can uh, upstage who. It looked like a fight. Yeah, not like it it looked like a wrestling fight. Like it's like, like it's like if you're a kid watching that, right? Like like you watch that. First of all, kids could watch those matches. Yeah. Because while there were violent parts there, it wasn't over the top enough to where it was like, oh, my son can't watch that or something like that. You can watch that, you know, kind of thing. But, like, you see that as a kid and you're just like, oh, my God, I want to play that in a video game. Yeah. Well, I want to see that live. Exactly. Like, so it was perfect. Yeah. That kind of stuff. I'm okay with that kind of stuff. I'm not okay with a lot of shit that they do. You know, these days and shit yeah. like that. But yeah, that was the uh, that was Revenge of Taker uh, in your house, nineteen ninety seven, and we just watched two of those matches. I encourage everyone to go and watch the pay per view from front to back. But if you're gonna watch anything from that, those two matches: the Undertaker versus Mankind for the WWE Championship, and Stone Cold Steve Austin versus Bret Hart. Uh, were your two co-main events, and both of them, Chris, I think, were amazing. They were. They were great matches, and I watch them any given time. And I, I will recommend it to anybody who's a wrestling fan. Yes, they're two of the, uh, really good matches. You need to check them out. Yes, and you can expect more of this from the Stovall Wrestling Network. Uh, we're just kind of testing things out right now, and you're going to be part of this testing uh, that we're doing here. Uh, you know, since there's not a lot going on, let's just be honest, coronavirus yeah. has everything shut down. So we figured, hey, we're going to have some fun and, you know, do this uh, kind of stuff and just see what happens. So hopefully everything uh, goes good. We'll probably do it even better next time because uh, we won't have as much technical difficulties, we'll say, uh, and everything like that going into it. But, again, that was In Your House, 1997 uh, Revenge of Taker and uh, I encourage everyone to check it out. Go watch the WWE Network and uh, go watch that one. Be sure to check out all the other great podcasts as well as past episodes of this podcast right here exclusively on TMP Studios. Alright, we're back here at the Stovall Wrestling Network. Hope you enjoyed that watch along that we did here. That's going to be a little bit of a main feature. We're going to try and, uh, you know, switch that up and everything. And then, hopefully, that will become uh, even bigger. And yeah. I'm going to have a bigger TV since he's complaining and bitching about it. Well, it was like, I mean, seriously, <laughs> like, I'm getting old as fuck. And I know you're going to beat it, me there, too. It was so. like sitting in the nosebleed section inside of a big arena watching WWE. So, what's the difference? Well, I, I don't know, I, I guess. <laughs> but, uh... Yeah, no, uh, those were two really good matches, and I urge people to check those out and everything like that. But we're going to be doing that a lot more here on the Stovall Wrestling Network, where we cover the past, present, and future, question mark? Maybe. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so that's what we're going to be doing. We're going to be covering the news and notes and stuff like that, and uh, and we'll be back next week here on the Stovall Wrestling Network. But for now... He's Chris Dickens. I'm the one and only Caleb Stovall. It's mine. It's mine wrestling network. It's Stovall Wrestling Network. Peace.